Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time, and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Attention, attention. They are not ready for prime time, as they say. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime, prime time. It's XL Prime Time. Featuring Joe C. I'm having nightmares right now. Matt Hayes. Their D's going to be really good. Mia O'Brien. One of those bugs just flew in my yeah, And Leon Searcy. Somebody has to go on the crowd. How you like me now? How you like me now? Are you still crying? Because this time a year ago, I hate bringing it up because it will make you cry. This time a year ago, Duval was deep in it, man, in the playoff conversation. But that is not so this year. But. The divisional round of the postseason is here. We're looking at all the games today. Yesterday, we asked the question, what do they got that you don't got? And we will continue that today with four more of the playoff teams. But I would classify the divisional playoff weekend as one of the best sports weekends of the year. And so we'll get into it because immediately on the face, I love the Super Wildcard weekend because now they've made it Saturday. Sunday and the Monday night action. So I love that. But the divisional playoff is when the big boys come to play. Those two teams with the buys after their rest step back into the ring. So there's a lot of good storylines going into this weekend. Who do you fear the most? Who do you think might be able to pull off an upset? I'm going to roll through some stats for you all today because there is an upset out there, Big Sirs. I don't know if we're going to get it for sure, but there is an upset out there in the National Football League with these eight remaining teams, and we just got to figure out who it is. Well, I mean, listen, I can appreciate the divisional rounds as well because you're right, the big boys get a chance to play, but I don't know if rest is always good, bro. I'm just speaking from experience. I'm 0-3 mm-hmm. at the number one seed. That is crazy. 0-3 as a number one seed. So, all right. Twice so in Pittsburgh, me- I was the number one seed. In 92 and 94, and we lost uh, both games. We lost, we lost to the Buffalo Mm-hmm. We lost to the Chargers in the uh, AFC Championship game. And then, of course, here in Jacksonville, we were the number one seed and we lost to the Titans. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's the one that – I mean, that, a lot of teams will tell you this, but determining based on how you play towards the end, mm-hmm. a lot of guys just want to keep playing. Because especially if you're on the hot streak, if, you, if you've been winning games, last thing you want is to stop. You want to just keep going because your preparations – guys are very superstitious. Your preparation yeah. is the same. What you eat is the same. All that stuff is in play. So you go in the week – you go through all the walkthroughs and all the practices and stuff like that, then you play a game. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys, but some guys maybe needed the rest. But I'm saying a lot so of the hot throw, teams want to play. Let's throw the Texans yeah. and the Packers into that pile. Mm-hmm. You could even throw the Lions in because the Lions basically had locked up their seat but decided to play uh, week 18. And so, yeah, and, and look, Lamar, El Boogie, is having to fight off the criticism <laughs> The last time they were a top seed. Well, he's got to exercise exercise demons. Yeah. All right, so listen listen to these numbers, okay? In the divisional round, and we'll throw Saucy's and a Perfecto Pacifico question at you coming up in just a little bit, but uh, divisional round, this is since 2002, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's when we went to 32 teams. That's when the Texans uh, came into the league. Anyway, home teams, divisional round, 57 and 27. That's 30 games up uh, on the win side. Last season, home teams went three and one. Now against the spread, home teams, a different number, 38 and 46. So that means those teams that are coming in, and let's just assume most of those road teams will be the dogs. But anyway, 
38 and 46, the home teams against the spread two and two a year ago. So we're going to go through all of them and, and pick them uh, as we get rolling today. But let's just start with a couple of pieces of news. Uh, and the Jaguars, I think, Jaguars today have covered it well, just as far as what's going on here. But the little chatter that there might have been some discussion about whether or not Russ Taylor was getting the job done on the offensive side, we need to dig into that a little bit because at the very least, I'm happy that there was conversations going on as to whether or not this job was being done properly. I mean – I'll take it. It's it, To be quite honest, it's what I've been reporting. It's what several of our colleagues here mm-hmm. in Jacksonville have been hinting at over the last few weeks. It's just that Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated now got wind of it, and so now yeah. it's national news. Of course. Um, this has been the sticking point. Uh, for everyone who has said, why did they fire all the defense coordinators? Press Taylor's the problem. This, 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 and this, and they should have fired all the offensive coaches. Well, I, I can assure you, for the offensive coaches that remain, now you're you're stuck in a hard in between a rock and a hard place because those that remained were mm-hmm. very vocal mm-hmm. and stressed that something has to change on offense. Which Doug Peterson has said that he can, you know, he has he knows the whys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to help mend those fences. But the sticking point, it appears, in exit interviews with players in exit interviews with coaches was that what was the common denominator between a successful or what was believed to be successful 2022 season and the struggles on offense throughout 2023. Mm -hmm. The only things you really changed were the right tackle, which you upgraded. Mm -hmm. You added Calvin Ridley. That's a story for another time. Yeah, which is supposed to be a plus. And you switched the primary play caller. And so this this has been the conversation the last three weeks as Doug Peterson and his staff and the rest of the organization look to 2024 and you know it 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 sounds so elementary leon Mm. if if it's that much of an issue why not just get rid of him Mm. but yet here we are well i mean my concern is why did it take to the end of the season to know the whys and why was this allowed to permeate throughout the whole season i mean because he is the head coach yeah Uh, he makes the decisions if he if he saw something if he saw a glitch uh whatever week it was it was supposed to be rectified and fixed then i mean Mm -hmm. i why did it wait to the end of the season? You're out the playoffs to where you now you understand the whys when this was allowed to permeate throughout the whole season. That's why I'm always concerned. Well, I mean, didn't you not see the whys? Now, I mean, that means that you may have saw the whys and then you didn't ask why, and then and you didn't do anything you, about it. Exactly. Now, That's now look, I know I'm, it's never easy to either dump a coordinator or fire multiple guys. Uh, particularly on one side mm-hmm. of the football in season. it's uh, you, you can't come up with too many examples of where multiple guys have been bounced, but we definitely saw this year where both sides of the ball, defense and offensive coordinators, were let go. And we, for the most part, we'd have to go down the line, but the one that pops to mind more than anyone, any other is that Buffalo was absolutely reeling, reeling. And they had injuries that they could point to and say, hey, that's the reason why. But then they said, nope, we're going to go beyond that, and we're dumping Ken Dorsey as the as the offensive coordinator. And things have turned in the right direction for the Buffalo Bills. And you can go to the other ones, whether or not it worked with the Steelers firing their OC, uh, on and on and on. Joe, it's not easy to do it. But if you do it you bet, and, and you show some results, then it was a good move, of course. Joe, they went from 5% chance to make the playoffs yeah. to a number two seed. They went, dude. That's that's making changes. They, I think they that's were. Not, that's not trying to. That's figuring out the whys in season and doing yeah, something about yeah. it. And, 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 and you have to give those people credit because Sean McDermott had to be feeling like this was slipping away. And when you're talking about a guy that has had a damn good football team, had a better defense uh, to go along with with that offensive fireworks that that show that they are regularly putting on, 
and it was slipping away big time then, Matt. And so he 5% said, five percent chance. Yeah. And by the way, they this went franchise. From, I, I'm guessing at, at eight and three probably had an eighty plus percent chance probably. of making the playoffs. Yeah, probably ninety one. Ninety one. Yeah, ninety one, Joe. In what uh, ninety one was, was it week uh, three yeah, weeks to go yeah, or yeah? Well, it was what week? Uh, no, it was, it was six weeks to go. Yeah, eight six and three. Weeks ago. Okay, eight and three, okay. Yeah. All right, so, 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 so entering December, I, yeah. I don't know what we're all surprised about the friction in the front office. Actually, no. I mean, you you cannot have your quarterback, your franchise guy, okay, go from twenty five touchdowns and eight picks to twenty one and fourteen. Yeah. And that should be a glaring red flag for everybody there in that building. Yeah, and it's player and it's it's staff. It's it's, it's both. It's, of yeah, course it is. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Believe me. I, oh he, no, I'm not even. Trevor deserves just as much blame as as the coaching staff. Yeah. In other words, there was erosion uh, in the play, erosion in the play calling. You know everything. And think of what those numbers were down the stretch. What was he? Twelve and one down the stretch last year. He was, yeah, he was almost he flawless. Was, yeah, you, spectacular. You, know, you are not winning in the NFL without an elite quarterback. Yeah. You're not winning the games you want to win. It's yeah. not going to happen. So yeah. that they should be over there right now saying, "What do we have to do to fix this kid?" Yeah, he was because playing it's like, not working right now. He was playing like Jerry's old girlfriend, real and spectacular. Okay, he was. And, yeah, mm-hmm. and and at that point you thought these this is real. This is going to continue. Uh, and then it I don't didn't. think they were talking about her being real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but I still I had to work it in. It popped in my head, and I wanted to say it. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, you that's what you had. You had real and spectacular, and then it just basically disappeared, evaporated over the course of the season. So yeah, it's legit. It's legit. So six one zero on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, which you guys are already sounding off, and we love it at six four one ten ten. The number to reach us at. 610 says, so you're going to ignore the injuries on the O-line and the quarterback. Oh, for God's sakes. No, it's part of it. No, it's but part it ain't of the it. only thing that Everybody went wrong. has injuries in the NFL. Yes. Every team is playing with injuries. Every player is playing with injuries. Well, let's Yes, use- he had injuries. Yes, he hurt his knee. Yeah. Yes, he had an infect- infected finger. Yes, he hurt his shoulder. Yes. Everybody has injuries. Everybody has a, an offensive line that, guess what, has injuries. Yeah, let's use the B- Buffalo Bills as an example yep. again, which Stop. is what we just Stop did. Stop making excuses. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand the whole excuse. It's like this is, a, this is a franchise of excuses. Let's just keep making excuses for them. Why? Yeah. Well, for a long time, it was the Jacksonville ifs. And if it was if this happens, if this happens, if this happens. And now it's uh, – I would call them the Jacksonville whys. Why did that happen? Uh, because of you know, basically this team did come unraveled. There is no mistaking – that there was 14 games combined between Christian Kirk and Zay Jones missing in action due to injury that were real. They were By real. Way, that's another one. And the they did have bruise. an effect on this team. The quote-unquote bone bruise that mm-hmm. Zay Jones yeah. has. But and it was an injury that kept him out. reports two days ago that it was actually a PCL injury. Right. And, and look, I don't care what they say about that. Do you? Do, this is this all we, we always go down this rabbit it's hole. It's just annoying, that's all. It's just annoying. I, I know, but... That's because that's the reporter in you. You think they're going to give away anything they don't have to give away with injuries? They're never, ever going to do that. Ever. Ever. The guy was wearing a knee brace, and they kept saying it was a bone bruise. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, I saw the I saw the report, and it was more than a bone bruise. He was wearing like an offensive yeah. line knee brace. It was I, unbelievable. I, get it. I totally get it. All, the simple, forget about the fact w- whether they were reporting it or not. That was a guy that was MIA, missing in action. By the way, nice job by the team for uncovering that story. Yeah. Well yeah. done. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Back to the Bills real quick mm-hmm. and on the subject of injuries. Because somebody on the text line asked, and they are correct in saying this, Buffalo pre and post the Ken Dorsey firing. Mm-hmm. The truth of the matter is they're they're statistically the same, if not a little bit less successful on offense post Ken Dorsey firing than they are pre. The biggest difference was that their defense, which was absolutely gutted by injuries the first yeah. five, six weeks of the season, found itself, which made life easier for the offense. Josh Allen didn't have to force as much. You couple that 
with leaning into the run game, which maybe didn't lead to as explosive of numbers from Allen in the that's, passing that's game. It. That's a big part of it. But it made this. the offense more balanced, even yeah. if statistically speaking, the output was higher when Ken Dorsey was the OC. Yeah. All of this to say, they figured it out. Yeah. They had injuries. They figured it out. They lost an OC. They figured it out. That's what you have to do. That's what you're paid to do. Well, the other part of it, like what you're saying, <clears throat> is that there's no doubt that when you look at the numbers, Josh Allen's numbers had MVP feel to it statistically before Ken Dorsey got fired. But guess what? They were running, marching down the field, scoring quickly, and then either giving up the football or whatever and costing themselves to where the defense was on their heels, on their heels, on their heels. What does the run game do? We all know this. Run game helps that defense and obviously allowed them to pick it up by, by taking mm-hmm. care of the football and owning the ball longer. Listen, all I needed to know and see – from the Buffalo Bills is when they played the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. When they played the Cowboys, they let me know that team was legit. That team wasn't just built around Josh Allen. Now, he's absolutely spectacular with the ball in hand. He's a magician. He makes things happen. But if you add in there with an offensive line that wants to run the ball and can pound the ball yeah. in December, I knew they were going to make some hay in, in, in January. And absolutely, that's where they are. Yeah. They've got a running game that's consistent. When you got a running game and you're controlling time of possession, guess who gets rest? Mm-hmm. Oh, your defense gets a little rest. <laughs> uh, you know, there's no three and outs, you know. They, they There's no 70 plays a game. They yeah. get rest. They're fresh. They get after the passes. They stop the run. They're more energetic. Buffalo understood that. But pre-Ken uh, Dorsey, mm-hmm. you know, pass happy, getting off the ball, turnovers. Yeah. Post-Ken uh, Dorsey, run the ball, be effective, helps your defense. Now you got a team effort. Now you can make some run in the playoffs. Yeah, and uh, another example, even though this just kind of fell the way it fell, is that they played on Monday, and so they gave a Monday stat, Monday night stat mm-hmm. for Josh Allen coming into this game against Pittsburgh when it was moved, and he was terrible uh, because he was, I think, two touchdowns, five picks, had an 0-2 record on Monday night because mm-hmm. why? He just kept pushing the ball down the field and making mistakes, making it much more difficult for his team to survive on the defensive side. The other part of this, Sean McDermott calling plays defensively. Mm. How does that sound familiar to, to Duval? Because Sean McDermott said, my job's on the line, okay? My job's on the line. I'm going to call this defense. And, and the whole Doug Peterson, the press Taylor, as far as responsibility goes on the offensive side, definitely pops to mind uh, here in Duval. That's for sure. All right, you can go to YouTube. You can search 1010XL. You can throw a comment our way there. Uh, who are you the most scared of or the team that's the hottest right now? Either way you want to look at that, uh, definitely jump in on it because the Texans would be considered a pretty hot team. Packers as well. Both of them are going on the road. Detroit is at home, has a chance now to win back-to-back playoff games. We know the teams that are rested you probably don't want to see them because they're the number one seeds. Mm-hmm. But just think about it, and, and who do you think is hot at the right time that you don't want to see? Uh, and, and we'll get into it. Divisional round weekend. Like, I think to myself, okay, like I just laid out, Super Wild Card's awesome. Divisional round's awesome. Championship Sunday, hard to argue with that. The setting is as big as it gets. That's like the Final Four weekend. Yeah. It's like, would you say that that lines up with the college football playoff weekend? Uh, or championship Saturday down the stretch in college football. Uh, March Madness when you go from 64 down to 16. It's just one of the great weekends. I, I, I love it. And, and I'm sure people are going to be dug in uh, enjoying all of it. Well, they'll be dug in the snow up mm. in uh, Baltimore and mm. the D.C. area. Yeah. I just saw the Ravens just tweeted out a video that uh, could be a snow game for the first game 
of this divisional round between the Ravens and the Texans. Are they expecting snow again up in Buffalo too? Yes, they are, and they need people to shovel. They already yeah. put out the call uh, and expected to be zero degrees at kickoff Sunday night at eight fifteen. So two snow games out of the uh, four. Yeah. Okay. All right. That, that, that that's crazy. And, and here's the other thing I want to get into and see what you guys think. And we'll do the uh, the the well, our picks and point spreads coming up in just a bit. But there's more people leaning in on Kansas City on the road picking Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs over the Buffalo Bills. Anyone in that uh, department well, I mean, right he, now? He, that notion, I mean, look, first of all, I mean, he's 2-0 and against Josh Allen in the playoffs. All yeah. right? He's, what, 1-3 and against Josh Allen in the regular season, something like that? But what, but I do know this, Patrick Mahomes, I just, I just read this earlier this morning, as far as road games, he's like 38-49. and 49. He's like one of the best in the NFL when it comes to playing on the road. So this notion that he has to leave home and play on the road, mm -hmm. that he may not fare as well, I, I don't think so. I just yeah. think it's going to be a shootout. I think the last man who gets the ball wins. I, I, I just think it's going to be that kind of game. I, I don't doubt it because yeah. it's what we have been treated to between mm -hmm. these two guys. I mean, these guys, it, it, we did our quarterback rankings. I, uh, I don't think I'm getting this wrong. Did anyone have – did somebody have El Boogie ahead of Allen or Mahomes? I did. You did mm -hmm. okay. So you so you where did you have Allen? I think I had, I, jo I had Josh at two. Okay, I had, I had Josh Allen at two. I had Patrick at three. Okay, I believe. Yeah, I All think right. I had Lamar at two, but I had Josh Allen at three. Yeah, because I ended up putting Just Allen and I, Mahomes two and one. When it comes to the the growth of Lamar Jackson this year, I understand he's not throwing for fifty touchdowns. I understand he's not even rushing for fifty touchdowns, akin to his first MVP season in twenty nineteen. But he's taking care of the football, and he's the maestro of that offense. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. think that he is the perfect example, if you're Trevor Lawrence, where you look to him and say, you know what? This is where profit versus risk. Yeah, risk-reward. You know? Risk-reward. Sure. Like, yeah. look at Lamar. He's not doing too much. He is operating within the offense. Without him, the offense doesn't run the way it does because of his God-given ability. But – he recognizes he doesn't have to throw for five touchdowns or rush for five touchdowns and sacrifice his body and risk turning the ball over if he just operates within the framework. And so I think that that growth is something that, yes, I understand Josh Allen plays a very different style of football than Lamar Jackson does, but I think that next step that so many people from Buffalo were hoping for, you're kind of seeing it where he's – Maybe not turning the ball over at the rate he previously was, but obviously he is, and that's the reason I had Lamar a little and, bit higher. And, yeah, and look, it's hard to argue because he had the, quote, MVP type of season this year, and he is just now, I would think, him and Todd Munkin scratching the surface of what they can do and based on what they've done so far this season. And guess what? He's got Mark Andrews at least trending towards mm -hmm. being healthy. Another yeah. weapon that he could have Yeah, Saturday. But, uh, but I mean – Lamar's going to be judged on wins in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Very when, true. A legend, listen, as, as spectacular as he was in regular season, uh, legends are made in the playoffs, and he's one and three, mm -hmm. and he's been the number one seed. It's going to be. I, 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 listen, I, I'm sure he's going to handle the pressure well. I'm sure he's going to be good in the clutch, but don't let the if this Texan team comes in and I wins. I have a feeling about this game, man. I, I am too. Yeah. I don't feel good about it's this not Texas just, game. It's not just they've had a week off. They've had two. He's had two off. Two yeah, yeah. He didn't play the last game. This games. is what this is what you always fight. There's a little, is it, there's a little is fog. It, yeah. Is it smart yeah. to rest? And they were cranking. <clears throat> now remember, they had won, I believe, at the very least eight of nine, if not nine mm -hmm. of ten. I think they had won eight, eight of nine, then they went out there and beat San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and here's the problem with the number one seed. I, I, I stated earlier I've been there three times. You try to simulate game speed and practice, even though you, you're off and you're watching the games or whatever, that, mm -hmm. it, it's never the same. It's never the same. It, 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 going out there and playing, staying on that road, 
playing those games. I know everybody says, hey, you want to get the rest, you want to get the guys healthy, whatever. I'm telling you, if there's no rust, I'll be surprised. And by the way, there's a little, I'm sure, a little pressure on Johnny Harbaugh to come out of the divisional round because they have not been able to advance past the divisional round in the last handful of years when they've been, like like we said, the, the Lamar record is also the Harbaugh playoff record. We can't ignore that. And with all that said, let's hit our first that of this Friday edition of XL Primetime. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Reported about an hour ago from me and Rappaport of the NFL Network, the Ravens are not expected to activate star tight end Mark Andrews from injured reserve, despite the fact that he did have a full practice earlier this week. So they're not. He is not ready to return from that significant ankle injury he suffered against the Bengals. The hope is that next week, potential AFC championship game appearance, because that was always the goal. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, the, it sounds akin, if you ask me. Obviously, it's a different injury than Christian Kirk with the core injury, mm-hmm. but I get that sort of vibe. But also, I'm not sure you want to gamble and say, "Well, he'll." So, be are you saying that? Are you saying week. that if if Jacksonville had played on, they might have been able to see Christian Kirk? If, oh, yeah, if, yeah, if Jacksonville yeah. played in the wild card, yeah, 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 yeah. he would have played yeah, in the wild they didn't card see him. Game. because uh, that was always the goal, like medically speaking, yeah. you know. And so, I think this false hope of like, well, they're practicing during the week, and like they were, you know, the 21 day window was open. That doesn't always mean no, that the it, medical it, advice says. Like, maybe the ramp-up period requires the 21 days. Yeah, and, and it was funny. In the beginning mm-hmm. of the year, I thought 21 days really meant that it was going to take you that amount of time. No, it just opened it up, and then they were ready to go. At least a lot of them were. The other thing about what Baltimore has done and what their GM has done is they went out and got Isaiah Likely. And Isaiah Likely stepped right in for Mark mm-hmm. Andrews like it was nothing. Uh, so that's just a – Another problem that I have with GMs and front offices and what they've done in other NFL cities versus here. All right, XL Primetime cranking along. We are looking you know, throughout the games in this divisional round, every different angle, and we'll get to the one angle that we want you to chime in on. What do they have that Duval, Duval doesn't have? We'll do that coming up on XL Primetime. I just said Dudal. <laughs> It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. So I'm scrolling through our rundown that the lovely J.J. LaSalva put together for us, and he was quick to note that Jamie French, star five-star wide receiver at Mandarin High School, meeting with Mario Cristobal a day after meeting with Mike Norvell, and I couldn't help but say, did you also see Kirby Smart landed a helicopter on Moncrief yesterday? Mm-hmm. Welcome into XL Primetime. This is indeed a Friday on the Superstation. Mia O'Brien, Joe C., Matt Hayes, Leon Searcy, and the aforementioned J.J. LaSelva. We'll dive into that in just a little bit because we do need to address what the eight remaining in the National Football League have that you don't have here in Duval. That is our big question over the last 48 hours as we get you set for the divisional round of the National Football League playoffs. The eight remaining teams, why are they there? What do they have that perhaps the Jaguars need as they get ready for 2024? We ran through four of those eight teams yesterday. It's time to hit the other four, Josie. Yeah, and I like the fact that uh, fans, listeners, the Nooners were digging deep as far as what it was uh, that each team had that this team didn't have. And it definitely is a lot uh, that you can look across. And you can kind of get, you know, there's a – uh, fill in the blank and then go with envy after that. You know, this is a little football envy uh, that you would look at. And Brad Holmes was a great suggestion yesterday, the general manager for the Detroit Lions, because he has done nothing but execute from that front office, Leon, in a big way by going and getting the Sam Laportas, 
going and getting Jamison Williams, getting those extra draft picks and doing something with them uh, when they traded Matthew Stafford uh, to L.A. So you got you got to the, – the work never ends when it comes to constructing a football team. No, it's 365, 24 hours a day. Yeah. Absolutely. You got to stay on point. You got to be on your P's and Q's. You got to be a, you got to be a great evaluator of talent, not only on your team and free agency, but also in the draft. Yeah, you can't miss on any of those three. You can't miss on any of those three, or it, it, it will decimate your roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It will absolutely decimate your roster. And if you look at what they did with their first-round picks that they got from Matthew Stafford, and you compare what Jacksonville did with their first-round picks that they got from the Rams for Jalen Ramsey, and they didn't. Now Detroit got more. We do know that, mm-hmm. but when we're just looking at the first-round picks by themselves, they made. You mean Chase Young wasn't that? That wasn't. Yeah, a, how'd that work? I just, yeah, I don't yeah. know. The thing is, too, is the Lions were aggressive with those first-round picks. They traded up to get Jamison Williams. At the time, everyone kind of scoffed at the notion of selecting Jameer Gibbs when they did, even mm-hmm. selecting Jack Campbell in the first round as opposed to Sam Laporta. Thankfully, he was waiting for them in the second round at the top of it mm-hmm. of day two. But that's the thing is they have been very aggressive. They've not been afraid to trade up. And obviously, it's been very well documented in this town that the Jaguars tried to trade up. Things weren't falling their way in 2023's draft. It never makes sense to me. But yet, here we are with Brad Holmes where he's going trading all over the place and trading up. And they didn't even have a day three pick in 2022. I remember being very envious of the reporters in Detroit because they spent all of their capital to trade up into day two. And so, therefore, they had day three off. And think of what Les Snead did in L.A. with the Rams not having first-round picks. Think of what he did. And they were able to get – and what they gave up to get Matt Stafford but still go out there and find on and on and on the Bryant – or Byron Young's – the the two guys along Byron the def- Williams, yeah. Puka Nakua, yeah, the two guys along the defensive front. Uh, honestly, just the list is long as far as what Lesney was able to do, along with Brad Holmes, along with um, who's it, Lacosta up there in in Baltimore, on and on and on. All right, so yesterday we did. Speaking of Lesney, real quick, he's currently yeah. meeting with reporters in L.A. Yeah, do with that information what you will. Mm-hmm. So yesterday we did Bucks, Lions, the Texans, the Packers. So today we got the the two top seeds and then that big ball game, uh, Kansas City and Buffalo. Uh, let's start with Baltimore, uh, and and I, I can't help but point out the guys that they were able. Now they went in the first round. They got Zay Flowers. Okay, they went and got a speed merchant that they wanted to match up. They brought in Odell Beckham Jr. Not knowing exactly how healthy he would be, but then Isaiah Likely is another great mention that they were able to step in and said, you know what, we've got Mark Andrews, but we don't care. We're going to make sure that we have somebody else that we can pair up with him. So, anyway, that front office wins up there as much as anything. It yeah, really you, does. You, yeah, I was, I was thinking the same thing. Their front office. I mean, the, the Ravens' front office for the last, what, two and a half decades have just mm-hmm. been top-notch. Nonstop. You know, starting with, with Ozzie and the draft picks and the assembling of a championship and then moving forward to winning another championship. So, absolutely. But me, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to be a little – I'm going to go with El Boogie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go at the quarterback again. I mean, Lamar Jackson is one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the league right now. And uh, there's a lot of pressure on him mm-hmm. because as amazing as he was in the regular season, he's still he's going to show, show and prove in the playoffs. But as far as his elusiveness, he's taking care of the football. I think he's become more of a prolific passer. He's not turning the ball over as much. He's running. He runs when he has to, doesn't run when he needs to. I mean, he runs mm-hmm. when he needs to, not when he has to. Yeah. That wasn't the case when he first came into the league. I, so I, I, I think we – 
if we had El Boogie, it'd be different. And we had a chance to get him, and we did. Well, the one thing I just want to piggyback on real quick before mm-hmm. we, you know, and you guys may have Lamar on your top of your list as well, but <clears throat> Lamar eliminated mistakes. And this goes back to your point, Matt. The mistakes piled up here. And we're talking about two very, very good you players know, at that position. So, so the question is, and I don't know if we explained it today, we definitely did yesterday, mm-hmm. is what do these teams have that the Jags don't? Yeah. Um, I, I, it's, you know, we, you always hear coaches talk, it's the it factor. Mm-hmm. The Ravens just have it. The Ravens, like, they never get flustered in games. They never panic in games. They're always in point. games. You never mm-hmm. see them getting blown out, okay? They're yeah. always, they play smart. They go on the road and play smart. They play hard. They don't do dumb things. They're a well-coached, well-balanced, physically and mentally. And mm-hmm. mentally, they're yeah. balanced. Yeah. And that's the that's, head coach. That's what I mean. If you, you, Leon's talking about, you know, the front office. Other than the Patriots in the last like two decades, like he said, I don't think anybody has a better setup than the Ravens. Well, well consistently year yeah. after year after year in the NFL. And you know what it is. I mean, I had the the one year up there with the Ravens. You saw I, it firsthand. I, I saw it firsthand, and, and they got that when you walk in the building. Right when you walk in the building, it says "Play like a Raven." I, I mean, that's signature it, the, to be a Raven. It it means something to them. So that. They're built on the dynamics of tough, hard-nosed football, especially on the defensive side. When you got like Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, and T. Sizzle, and all them type of guys, they're going to be the defense is going to be rock solid every mm-hmm. year. But 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 play like a Raven said something, and that's the first thing you when you walk in the door, you to the left of you, that's what you see, and you understand what that franchise is all that, about. Well, here's uh, the thing, Leon. What does play like a Raven mean? I think in Baltimore. The people within that organization could tell you what playing like a Raven mm-hmm. means. I know Dewan Smoot got a little bit of criticism from the fan base last week when he went on NFL Network because he said we wanted to get back to playing Jacksonville Jaguar defense. And I know many fans were like, what is what Jacksonville is right. Jaguar defense? And so that's why my answer, Josie, well, is an identity. And I, I've really tried this offseason. I know it's only two weeks old for Jaguars, you know, for Duval here. I've really tried to, like – observe and listen to podcasts and content from around the National Football League in different NFL markets. Number one, because my job here is director of multimedia. Mm-hmm. I need to be looking at what other markets are doing. But the big refrain I keep hearing between teams that have an opening as a for their head coaching vacancy, they have an opening at GM or DC or OC, or maybe they're bringing back everybody into 2024. The biggest thing that I keep hearing is identity. And that is where I struggle with this franchise. What is the Jacksonville Jaguar identity right now. Well, well, they don't have any because they they haven't had enough consistency of winning to to signify what they really are. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, what that that stench that we had in in from '96 to 2000, from when we went to the playoff year after year year, we we have formed an identity. We knew who we were. We knew we were a high powered offense that could run the ball and smash mouth defense. We had to be that way because you had to look and see who we had in our division. Yeah, exactly. In our division, we had the Titans, the Ravens, and the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Those were hard hat, bring your lunch pail, and go to work every day type of teams. And we knew the only way that we were going to be able to compete against those teams is that we had to become mm-hmm. even more than those teams. Yeah, it's funny, and I'll go back to what you said about Baltimore, playing like a Raven, and, and I know Leon doesn't care if we bring this up, but he has a historic uh, part. Uh, in Ravens, uh, you know, if you go back and look at the team history, mm-hmm. he he certainly is part 
Oh Heard yeah, I'm one, of, I'm one of the ten worst free agent acquisitions ever. Okay, I so, say that with great pride. So, so he, he he loves that. So he doesn't have any he doesn't have any problem saying that. But honestly, they and from the time you were there, okay, even though you got hurt and unfortunately it did not work out for you, mm-hmm. but from the time you were there, that was built and it yeah. hasn't been torn apart since. I tell you an interesting story. When I first got there, our first day of practice, right? You know, first day of practice, I'm excited, right? I want to be one of the first ones there. I drive there. I'm going to the uh, to Owings Mills is where the training camp yep. is. We do workout and stuff like that. I, I I roll up in there about 5.45 in the morning, right? Thinking I'm one of the first guys there. Guess who's parked in the parking lot there before me? Ray Lewis. Yeah. He's already there. Beat you. Beat me there. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who just came off winning a Super Bowl MVP, mm-hmm. and he's a, he's already there to work out and get ready. Yeah, but there are franchises like that in the league. It's a rare group. Yeah, but there are like the Chiefs. The Chiefs receivers right now are Rasheed Rice, Justin Watson, and Gadarius Tony. Yeah, are nothing, you kidding me? Yeah, nothing scares you. I'm, I'm, you got to be Rishi. kidding me, seriously. Yeah. Maybe part yeah. of why they're underdogs. Yeah, this Pacheco is there. Right? I mean, Pacheco yeah. they, they, was a sixth round pick, right? He's seventh. Seventh, seventh yeah. round pick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at what they do year after year after year. They get these guys in the late rounds, and, and, and they all perform for them. And, and they didn't excuse away that they spent a first-round pick on a running back a couple years early. They didn't care. They went and got this guy in the seventh round and let him beat out Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, Hilaire had injuries, but whatever. Paco moved in. He was, what, 150th pick overall, something in that neighborhood, and, and was able to come in there and do it. So all as right. we move to the Chiefs, is that what uh, you envy in Kansas City, Matt Hayes? No, it's the same as the Ravens. I, I envy... If I'm this franchise, I envy the fact that the Chiefs and the Ravens are franchises that don't make excuses. Well, you got to play six round or corner. Oh well, play him. Mm-hmm. He's going to play well because he knows what's expected of him. Yeah. When they well, we got to play seventh round or defensive tackle. Oh well, play yeah. him. I- I've thrown this number out before, but when they went to the Super Bowl last year and won, ten rookies had contributions right. on the stat sheet, right. and mm-hmm. four of them were starters. Okay, mm-hmm. four, four. Okay, that in is the a, NFL four yeah, for for a team and they won that, the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's just incredible. Well, they have Mahomes. I I get yeah, it. They have Mahomes, yeah, and Mahomes yeah. is the best player on the planet. Right. But still, you 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 can't. I mean, you cannot ignore that. You cannot deny the fact that they get guys that on other teams would not play well. Yeah. So the they Chiefs, go and they play well. Why do these guys that played on the Patriots? Why did they play well on the Patriots all those years? Because there was a system. Why do guys yeah. who were terrible at teams? who were considered malcontents on other teams, get to the Patriots and play well. Stepped in and fell in line. You really, you got in step with them. It was the car washes. It was referred to, you know, many Because there were expectations there. there. Yes. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And from player to player. That, yeah. Yeah, that's, I was just thinking of it, Joe. That's where, that's where it comes from, the, the constant pressure by the players. The players that have already been there, that have been entrenched mm-hmm. in the trenches of the team for a while, they don't let nothing go by. I'm talking about meetings. I'm talking about being on time. I'm talking about working out on the field, training, all that kind of stuff. They don't let you slide on nothing. That's the reason why they're so successful is because they hold everybody accountable. That's the best, dude. And preparing. That, and w- w- when everybody's preparing and everybody's zeroed in, guess what? Mm-hmm. You don't jump off sides. Right. All right, so what do you got for the Chiefs? So just That's that, it. Just Same period. as the Ravens. And Leon? What I, I mean, they have the homes. What I, do they got? You don't got well. well defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've they've got a, a defense that. that How about that much, man in the middle? Oh, wait, let me go ahead and say Chris Jones. <laughs> all right, let me, let, me, let me go ahead and say Chris. I, I, I was thinking that. I, yeah, but we could say that, or we could say Mahomes. Those yeah. are easy. Yeah, right. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Chris just, Jones. But I mean, you know what I? You know what I wish they? That. All right. Instead of me saying what do they got that you don't got, what I wish they had 
mm-hmm. at one point. Mm-hmm. I wish Taylor Swift was here when Jacksonville played him because mm-hmm. Travis Dropsy wouldn't have caught a thing, and mm-hmm. there would have been a much better chance for, for, for Duval to beat him. I, I wish they would have had her then. He still would have been talking, <laughs> chirp, 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 chirping. But, yes, I think that at least uh, maybe would have brought some more ta- more uh, tourism dollars yeah, to, yeah. To, to Duval, even yeah. in the, the heat of September. But real quick, on this whole concept we're talking about of having culture, having accountability – um, I almost want to call E.T. or maybe uh, maybe old cousin Cliff Averill is listening right mm-hmm. now to XL Primetime driving mm-hmm. around Jacksonville. I listened to a very interesting interview with some folks from Seattle yesterday as I was driving home. And they were asked, like, what changed between the Legion of Boom and now? Like, what changed in Seattle? Because, quote, unquote, culturally, Pete Carroll was still there. The idea of running the ball and playing great defense was still paramount mm-hmm. to them. So what changed? And – the, the response, and this is actually from some of the former players, K.J. Wright and those that were part of that 2013 to 2017-ish run, they felt that the guys that came to Seattle certainly wanted to work, certainly wanted a payday, but what was lost was this idea of, I can't go back there. The guys that they brought in when Pete Carroll first arrived in Seattle and they built that defense, they built – that offense around Russell Wilson, it was guys who said, I can't go back to my previous situation. I can't go back to where I grew up. I can't go back to college. Like, I have to succeed here. It's do or die. And that cultural mindset of if I don't put food on the table by succeeding here, then I'm SOL. That was the dog, quote-unquote, mentality they had in Seattle. And uh, I think Pete Carroll, was. I do think personality and preparation can come together. In other words – as long as you are the king of preparation, whatever your personality is will work, meaning you can be a, quote, player's coach or you can mm-hmm. be a hard-ass, whatever. As long as you prepare, and I think you've said this before, Leon, Tom Coughlin, you knew where you stood and you were always going to be prepared. He was going to make you work, and it paid off. And so I agree with the idea of the Legion <laughs> of Boom. They were all hungry. That's how I would describe it. You've got to make teams hungry to accomplish more. What did Nick Saban do his entire time uh, at Alabama? And, Matt, we have said this over and over and over a thousand different ways. Every single time he went out and prepared for the next game, he made them feel like they hadn't done enough. Well, he, here's yeah. the thing. With, that they hadn't accomplished ahead, anything. No, I'm just saying that that's the, the no. greatest thing he did, of all the great things he did at Alabama, is every single year he made that team think, wait a second, we, won, we got that goal last year, but guess what? The gold up there now, right. on top of the mountain, yeah. it's even better. Yeah, we haven't arrived yet. Yeah, yeah my, my time in Miami under Jimmy Johnson, I feared, I feared losing more than I enjoyed winning. Mm-hmm. I did, be, be, because he always, he never made, he never made you feel comfortable in any situation. Mm-hmm. Everything was a competition in the film room, in the weight room, on the field, all, all that kind of stuff. It was a competition, and if you if you couldn't adhere to the competitive state. It was. I told you it was called Weed Not the Weak. He did not like weak-minded or weak individuals on his team, and he yeah. tried to get rid of them any way he could. Mm-hmm. Sorry to go on that sidebar yeah. tangent. I just think mm-hmm. like we talk so much about culture. I well, want to yeah, make sure we. I want yeah. to make sure we identify but, as, as we keep saying the well, Ravens and the Chiefs have this. Like, what is it that Jacksonville needs? Okay, culture. Like, this. what is culture? Well, well, I think I, this is a very good discussion. Well, I mean. I mean I, to me, that's why it was so frustrating seeing this team do what they did this year. Because do you you don't if you're a player, and you're competitive. You don't want to go back to the days of old. You don't want to go back to the losing states, the the five and elevens, the no. three. You don't want to go back to that. So that should be incentive of enough 
for this franchise and for these teams and this coaching staff to say, listen. They weren't yet, here for that, though. I, I, but they, they know the history. Uh, I mean, do they care? I think, why wouldn't you? If, well, if you, you have you a standard, go back hey, to, if you have a standard. One fifteen. Hey, I'm just saying that these right. guys were never part of that. No, no, no. But if you have a standard, you come in expecting or expected to live up to the standard. These guys come in, they look around, this team ain't done what, what, nothing. Well, just on the reverse. Yeah. The Ravens or the Chiefs or whatever. I mean, the new guys that come in here, they let – listen, every time when I came to the Steelers, when I walked in the, the lobby, I saw four Lombardis. Mm-hmm. I, that was the standard. Yeah. And if you come in here anything less than that standard, then you won't be here. Right, because the, yeah. the new, Alaba- new 25 Alabama players every year, they didn't have no idea about that. They just walked in, that's the standard. Yeah, their history that's is two it. and a half years old, uh, honestly. That's their entire history from yeah. the middle sophomore year. Until they walk in. Right. That, that is it. All right, so we've got two of them in with Baltimore and with Kansas City. We'll, we'll get to the uh, Buffalo Bills and the San Francisco 49ers coming up here in just a little bit. Before we head into the 1 o'clock hour, where we are going to be hitting the college football ranks hard, Matt Hayes, would you like to begin your first of what will be several readings throughout the duration of today's program of – Nick De La Torre of On 3's interview with Florida Athletic Director Scott Strickland. Yeah, it's um, – again, I feel like we have to start everything like this now with Florida. All right, first off, he's not going to get fired. Right, that's number one. And number two, I really like Scott. Scott's a good dude. All right, that's two but, of them. But We also enjoy Nick, so thank you, Nick, for the journalism as well. It's – um, we could read the quotes, but I'm going to tell you what he's – he's comparing – he's saying Florida's not an old program. They're a young program. They need to get older and older guys. You he said, you can see, you know, with older programs, you know, they win championships like J.C. Deacon, who's the golf men's golf coach in Florida. They won a national title. They got older guys out there. They went and won the national championship. And, you know, Billy's building that, he said. He said, look at Michigan this year. You know, they built toward that. And I'm thinking, in the last three years, Michigan's won 15 games, 13 games, and 12 games. The year before that, they were 2-4 and four in the COVID season. When if you won one game in the COVID season, you were doing something right in the Big Ten, okay? Mm-hmm. The year before that, they won nine. The year before that, they won 10. The year before that, they won eight. In Harbaugh's first years, they won 10. 10. Are we serious right now that we're comparing what Billy Napier is doing at Florida <laughs> to what Jim Harbaugh did at Michigan? You shouldn't. Are we really going yeah. down this road right yeah, now? Seriously. Yeah, yeah. You, you, uh, don't do it if that's what you're doing. Uh, this, because- is, this is more of the, of, of the – we're like an excuse society now. Yeah. Well, I feel like they are selling you a bit based on the – and we'll get into more of these quotes. They're selling you a bill of goods that you will – in other words, like uh, this classic story, and this is – you know, Casey, my dad, he, he doesn't even really like to admit this, but he went to one of those rallies way back when, and this is late 70s, early 80s. Anyway, this guy was digging for gold, and he needed money, okay? And so he got a bunch of people to give him money to go dig for gold, and they were going to make money off of that money, Right. He kept sending them letters and telling them how close he was, how close he was, and trying to encourage them to send a little bit more. They never got anything out of it. They got ripped off. And so that's the last thing you want is to be two, three years down the road, and you look up and you he's, go, like he's that guy ripped us off. He's literally saying, you know, if you don't have the missed field against Arkansas, you get off the field on 4th and 17 against Missouri. It's a different story. Your field goal team was running on the field – at the end of the game, cost you five yards, and the, and the field goal just missed it because your field goal team was running on the field because you 
don't have a special teams coordinator. Yeah, exactly. But you because your head changer. coach didn't think you needed a special yeah, teams coordinator. Yeah. That's number one. Okay. All right, all right, number gotta, two. We, hang on. Number two. <laughs> Missouri. Let him keep going. This yeah. is great. It's fourth and whatever it was, 16 or 17. You know why he didn't get off the field? It wasn't fourth and Milrow, but it was fourth and long. You know why he didn't get off the field? Yeah. Because the guy your head coach hired as a DC cobbled together the historically worst defense in the history of the school. Yeah, I, I hate that you. I speak don't understand this. I, like I like that this. After is, left us. My God, I don't. I don't get this, man. I just don't get this. What What Scott should have just said is, look, we sucked the last two years. Yeah. All right, need to have a lengthy interview. He's got to be better. Yeah. We all got to be better. The players got to be better. The coaches have to be better. We sucked. What you're talking Florida about, deserves Joe. better than this. That's <laughs> what he should have said. And I guarantee you, every Florida fan would have said, I love this yeah, guy. Amen. Chris Farley's alive and well. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about, Josie. True. Down in Gainesville, yeah. Billy Napier drew the line in the sand. He sent some other defensive well, assistants off to pasture. He is sticking with Farley as, in 2024. As much as I want to well, like hired Ron Roberts, yeah. who's really going to be the DC this year. Right. As much as I want to like Austin Armstrong, I started out liking him, and I probably will in the end. Uh, it was a comedy routine on that side of the ball in the end. It will, really was. Will Doug Peterson find a run? I mean, he's Roberts? talking oh, about okay, the Arkansas game. Your field goal team ran on the field with your offense there. Yeah. And yeah. they didn't need to. By the way, they saved Sam. That's in doing coaching. So. They saved Sam in doing so. Made Sam look good. Okay. They did, which yeah. we love. Which we love. <laughs> Sammy yes. Pittman was however, on the ropes at that However, point. the five yard penalty made your kicker miss the field goal. Yeah. And he was a pretty good kicker, too. He's a really good kicker. He's the only thing they got good All on All right, let's, let's go to the 1 o'clock hour. 1 o'clock hour, more <laughs> dramatic readings. Maybe Doug Peterson will find a Ron Roberts. Uh, that remains to be seen. This is XL Primetime. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, Billy fans, Florida fans, big get. <laughs> Four-star uh, defensive lineman Dontre Robinson has committed to Florida after being, uh, I guess he had originally signed with Texas, but he was recently released from his national letter of intent. Great quote. To to the Florida Gator fans, I just want to say, let's make Florida great again. Mm. Go Gators. Ma- MAGA. He might, be your, he might be your favorite guy now, JJ. Yeah. Me? With Nobody that who puts that With in that uniform quote on me. is. <laughs> Work them silly, Gators. That's right. Billy's building. That's exactly what he's doing. I'm not sure if he could play this year. I'm assuming he, yeah, he was a class of 2024. Yeah, if he's released by his from his national level in 10, he can play, yeah. All right, so. Yeah, he's from Orlando. This, of yeah. course, comes on the heels of our first dramatic reading of this XL Primetime Friday edition from Scott Strickland, the athletic director at Florida's uh, conversation with the boys at On3, which shout out to Zach Avivaldi and Nick De La Torre for doing the good work down in Gainesville. Um, so if you are just joining us, it is six minutes past the one o'clock hour and the reckoning continues on XL primetime, trying to rationalize where Florida stands, where Florida will have to look in the mirror and understand itself. Matt, let's go back to wait till he gets Caleb Downs. You guys are going to feel real stupid. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. I'll feel small. Let's let's go to this conversation with Strickland with the, the quote about Grayson Howard and getting the right positions and getting it's not about getting quality guys it's about getting quality guys for the right positions and they may be a left tackle away yeah it's i mean he he's his entire response really is based around look we got to get older we got to have older guys well i mean you're not going to get older guys unless you land them in the portal because at this point you this is it like he's got he's got guys 
I guess they're young guys. I don't know. His first class, there's 11 guys going from his first class already, his first mm-hmm. recruiting class. Mm-hmm. So you go to the next recruiting class, those guys are going to be redshirt freshmen or true sophomores. Then you got this class, and they're going to be true freshmen. So I don't know. You know, and the idea is his guys are there now. Because if you start looking at what he's brought in the portal, there's maybe three or four guys that have done something. The rest of them are just no factor at all. None. And, and, yeah, and I, I, I think probably. So he's got a young team is the point. So that's yeah. what Scott is saying. We need to get older. We need to get like Michigan, who was older. And they, look, they just built and built and built, and then they won the national championship. And so he says, so to get high-end guys at two of these positions, he's talking about left tackle and quarterback, DJ Lagway. Now, I was told all along that Florida had a quarterback, that Graham Burks was a great player, and I was an idiot, and he completed 80% well, of his passes. half of and, that was true. Half of it was true. So to get the fact you that I was an idiot. Half. The fact that, okay, <laughs> which is fair. That's fine. Um, so he played quote, better than you even expected. Quote, he did, absolutely. Yeah. So to get high-end guys at, the, at, at two of those positions is critical. The two young linebackers, Aaron Childs, who's an incoming freshman, and Miles Graham, an incoming freshman, that position with Shamar James, who's going to come back from a knee injury, coming back, and you add someone like Grayson Howard from the portal, the kid from Jacksonville, mm-hmm. and you got a veteran like Derek Wingo, and we have some other young guys in there. Suddenly, that's a position that the last few years has not been a strength, and you can say, okay, now there's some depth and talent being developed there. I think it's interesting that the AD is breaking down the roster better than the coach breaks down the roster. <laughs> Uh, you know, the other thing he said, which is kind of interesting, and, and this is he has like he made a good point there, but the point is it's still young guys, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. You're still dealing with young guys who you're asking to play big in a tough league to play in. You still need guys from the portal. Yeah, okay, but let's not forget, and Leon, this is the way things were built forever, okay? Mm-hmm. You did if you not if anymore. You, I know that. I totally get it. And the one thing, let's make this the 10 10 take because the one thing about the transfer portal is you want instant name recognition. Now, Josie's 10-10 tape. Slow-smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pit masters since 68. So let's think of the portal and let's think of big names. And usually that's what you're looking for. It's, it's pretty dang obvious that when you come out of the portal, you have been in the college game and you're going to a new place and you have tape. They know what you look like, and that's why they want you. And I'll give you just a few real easy examples. When you take a look at Keon Coleman, which Matt preached far and wide to anyone who would listen, when Keon Coleman steps on the field for FSU, you are going to notice him. And then you can name the other guys and just take a look at, heck, uh, uh, Hartman leaving Wake Forest and going to Notre Dame. He instantly made them better at that position, and we can go on and on. Cam Ward going down to Miami. The bottom line is, is that is what the transfer portal is all about, is that you can't have guys walk out of the transfer portal onto your campus and not make a difference. You're wasting your time. That's why you got to go get prized plucks out of the portal and make them instantly a big part of your team. And Billy, to this point, Montreal Johnson, Osias Torrance, they have made impact, but not enough other guys. That's the 10-10 take. And when you think about it, Leon, the way it was built for you back in the day, you knew – there was a progression. Yeah, absolutely. From start to finish. It's it is different now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Back in my day when I was playing at Miami, I understood that I I I understood the chain of command. I had to be developed, redshirt freshman. I mean freshman, redshirt freshman. And then by the time I got to my third year, when I had a five year deal, mm-hmm. essentially, I knew I was ready to play the game because I had been groomed. You you don't have that option now. These kids are expected to plug and play. Yeah. The, the, this transfer portal is like free agency. You can't miss on free agency. You're gonna pay the big money. 
to get the guys here. They got to exactly be impactful. Yeah. They got to be impactful. And if they're not, you do not get you don't get the rate on your return or the rate on uh, the return on your investment. Yeah. So you can't miss on the portal. You absolutely can't miss on the portal. And then the draft is what it is. I look at recruiting is like the draft. Mm-hmm. You draft first round, second round, whatever. You got to develop them. You got to take time. They got to come. Some may come and be an impact right away. Some may take a little while, but essentially they've got to be able to perform at a very high and elite level. But the portal is like free agency. If you're going to pay the money for them to come here, they got to hit. Yeah, they results. can't miss. Not only that, Joe, here's another thing, too. And we talked about this yesterday where I said, you know, it used to be where Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Clemson a few years ago, where you could build a few of those programs. You could build that way, the old, the old way where you're building organically, okay? Ohio State just signed Quinshawn Judkins, who's maybe the best running back in the country yeah, the last year. And you know years. who he is. You know why? Because they got a guy going to the NFL. Yeah. They got another guy staying, Travion Henderson. Yeah. They're adding another elite guy right. because they're trying to get to the point where they can beat anyone, right? right? Yep. But but it's no longer about developing anymore. It's now, all right, we need impact players. Yeah. And that's what that was kind of my whole point with with Billy Napier this offseason. I, I, you know, everybody was saying well, it's a great recruiting class, and even when it was top five, I was thinking, yeah, but those young guys are not going to go in there and play immediately. Mm-hmm. You're going to need him to kill the transfer portal, and guess what? He hasn't. No, no, he's not. And, and it's funny when you hear what Scott Strickland has to say, and this speaks to the fact that they are not getting it done fast enough. And there's a ton of quotes in this on three piece, but quote. But it's having a dollar. Pa- Go spend the money for these yeah. guys. Man. But having patience and waiting for that, meaning them to turn the corner, waiting for that has not been any fun. I know this frustrates fans when we have an opening and he's deliberate about filling that position. He doesn't grab the first person that comes to mind. He really is incredibly thorough, not only on the ability of the person, but it goes back to the character and the fit and all those things. And look, well, I think this is all nice speech stuff. But- thorough. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, you know what? I'm, I'm, it doesn't mean a whole hell of a okay, lot. Okay, oh, I'm confused a little bit. Okay, um, I thought coaches, assistant coaches, were brought in to coach, teach, and develop. Yeah. Uh, that's the job, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. they get paid a lot of money to coach, teach, and develop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, old men. So when he also has the want. biggest coaching staff in the history of college. Yeah, football. he's got like seventy-five guys coaching. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, these, these guys are making six figure uh, salaries. Yeah. And if you, you coach, teach, and develop. So if a guy misses, a five or four star that misses on your watch, that's on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the kid has, now the kid, the kid has some, he got to want to work and get, you know, and want to be better. But I'm just saying, that's on you. When you miss on those guys you recruit that you're supposed to coach, teach, and develop, and they pay you these six-figure salaries to do so, and they, those kids don't hit or perform on the field, yeah, that's an indictment on you as a coach and staff. Yeah, a little bit on the player, too. Yeah, because of course. It, but yeah. yeah, And it's like we talk about here with Press and Trev. It's a combo, okay? Quarterback's got to play better. Play caller got to be better. Same thing with the, with the player. You, uh, Coach Campbell says it all the time. We are there to make players better. <laughs> we we do have jobs. We do have responsibilities, and, and we you, make it pay off. By the way, really we're doing a good job. Real quick, let's get another that, JJ, okay? Yeah. All right. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So according to on Three's Corey Bender, there's a prediction out now for Alabama's cornerback signing, Jameer Grimsley, one of the top corners in the country. He's a yeah. four-star guy, close to being a five-star guy on some services. Um, the new prediction is Alabama to Florida. To Florida. Flip. Let me tell you something. This started out right as an ugly day. Oh, Billy. Oh, Billy. Sunny. Sun Belt. 
Yeah, Sunbelt Billy and making here, some sunshine. Here I was thinking. But again, this is a young guy again. These are young guys. Thinking that Matt's that was going to be, thank you to the text line for doing the super sleuthing for us. Yeah. The fact that Jamie yeah. French, that five-star wide receiver at Mandarin, just posted that Billy Napier was indeed at Mandarin High School this morning visiting with Jamie, who recently decommitted from Alabama. It's only well, taken how many how many months? Uh, I, 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 I <laughs> will use this. He just decommitted. I, I, I don't so want to what? Make Huh? He hasn't, he's not in. He's not I'm in just school saying, yet. He's a is day he? after Mario and two yeah. days after Norvell. Give Bro, do you, do you, think, do you yeah. think like Kirby Smart doesn't recruit guys after they've committed? Of course he does. Okay, so I'll I'll give him credit for that because yeah, but he, you don't visit their school. Yeah, you yeah. do. They all mm-hmm. do. Yeah, I, I'll give him credit for that because he did probably look up and go, oh dang, Mike's been there. Oh wait a minute, Mario's <laughs> there too. Oh, we better get there. And I'll just pair this up with at least one high school coach here who has big time recruits. And Billy has not been on campus. His assistants have been on campus. In this city. Yeah, in this city. And we've had this conversation before. But stop. Just stop real yeah. quick. Stop right now. Does he have a five-star currently you're, on his you're roster? You're telling me that yeah. there's a coach? There's a there's a coach in this city of a team that has multiple Division One players. I'm just going to say he's got recruits. Yeah. Okay. And Billy Napier has not visited his school yet in three yeah, years. It, it, in this in this cycle. Okay? In the city of Jacksonville. Yeah, I don't want to – in the city of Jacksonville, and I don't want to go beyond that. But anyway, 70 miles from Gainesville. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Stop asking questions. Yeah, so we'll he's not away. been. It's and, actually 72.3 miles from yeah. Gainesville. And so the one challenge is is that when, say, Kirby Smart lands a helicopter <laughs> on, on Moncrief, that makes an impact. Uh, and so you've got to match that, right? You've got to match that – well, what did our guy Jamie say from Bradford County? Level, yeah, Jamie Rogers from Never Bradford been there. County is another one. He said he had not not seen him, but had seen the assistant coaches. So anyway, if he starts doing those things, like showing up and seeing Jamie French, who decommitted from Alabama, that's a guy you want on your roster. Mm. Yeah, like what are you doing if you're not going there? Yeah, I, I, like a I coach's job is to recruit, procure players, and develop them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is the what time. what are you doing if you're not there? This is the time to recruit. This is. Listen, I, he's, he's molding men. I don't know. <laughs> at, the, at the very least, he was there. That's pretty good. I'll tell you what. He, he definitely has – they have a framework now mm-hmm. where they have you can't go- an idea where they have an idea of what they want the coaching staff, the support staff, the recruiting staff, the new facility, the swamp's going to be redone. They've got it all set up. The next guy's going to crush it there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's building it for that next guy. Lane. Uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe the foundation he, again, maybe laid. he's the Zook. They're the, all setting it up for Lane to the come Boulevard, in and win natties. The next guy is going to crush it there, seriously. Yeah. How about he this? has everything he wants. Yeah. The Boulevard has been paid for Lane to come in. I like that. We'll see whether it happens I mean, we not. take shots at Scott Strickland. He's literally done everything he possibly could do to help mm-hmm. Billy Napier. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, and they, they did the same thing when they redid the arena uh, going back Right. To the Same Mike thing. White and to Same Todd thing. Golden. Yep. Same thing. Yep. Yeah, they improved the facility. It took them a long time, but they improved everything. Uh, and, and by the way, there's still some discussion, which we will get into coming up, about what happens with the renovation there and how it may affect uh, Duval coming up. So we can definitely do that. Uh, back to the postseason, back to the last couple of teams. What have they got that you don't got here in Duval? We'll do that coming up on XL Primetime. Big Hair, Heavy Metal Friday on XL Primetime. 
We are still accepting your song suggestions at 641-1010. That is the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. This is indeed XL Primetime. And yes, speaking of the text line, we also saw it. Jamie French, the Mandarin five-star wide receiver. Oh, 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 wait. Oh, wait. Oh, this was two days ago, Leon. No, okay. So he had Kirby, per the text line, in-house on Wednesday. Mario visiting Mandarin yesterday. Billy Napier, 73 miles down the road today. Nice. So at least Billy's it's doing nice his to be dealing. wanted. It's nice to be wanted. Absolutely. Five stars. Supposed to get that kind of attention. Decommitted from Alabama, and you would hope yeah. he gets that attention from his local schools. Absolutely. Um, and Kirby Smart, I, I mentioned it back in the 12 o'clock hour. Uh, he, Kirby Smart did land a helicopter on Moncrief yesterday, mm-hmm. visiting Solomon Thomas, currently committed to Florida State, the star he, offensive tackle for Reigns, mm-hmm. but still doing his due diligence. He must have got his hall pass. You just don't land in Moncrief without the hall pass. <laughs> he didn't land on the graveyard. I know that's oh, sacred yeah, ground yeah, for many, saying. so it was on the practice you know, Kirby's field. all good in Moncrief. He, he, you know, he's all good in Moncrief. He, 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 listen, he's not leaving any stone unturned. Mm-hmm. And in this in this day and age of the transfer portal, and of NIL, and of what happens when a coach retires, what happens when something changes within the operation, what happens when a coach doesn't recruit his own roster as well as perhaps that roster would like. Coming in second is not the worst thing in the world in this day and age of college recruiting because you may be the choice in a couple years from now. Absolutely. If it doesn't work out, these kids got the portal. They might commit to one team. This kid right here, from he just showed you. He was a commit to Alabama. Didn't like the situation with probably. More than likely because of Nick Saban leaving or whatever. A lot of those kids are going because, yeah, because of Nick Saban. So he's got options now. Now he's being recruited by the team, the schools that probably wanted him before he chose Alabama. Well, but it's, here's the thing, too, is it's all these Alabama fans just can't – they can't understand it. Why, why would you – it's Alabama. Why would you leave Alabama? Well, two reasons. Number one, because of Saban, obviously. And number two, more than anything – because they can. Mm. And it's not just Alabama. It's everywhere. It's not unique to Alabama. It's every program. If they don't think they're getting the best shot, if they don't think they don't like their coach, if they don't think you know, they should be starting over the guy that's there, then they'll just go. And if, they're, and if they have talent, someone will pay them to go. And the mm. only reason they would leave that known quantity, that was Nick. Okay, Nick was the known yeah. quantity. Caleb DeBoer is not a known quantity. Uh, what is – you could go Kirby Smart. You could go Ryan Day. You can go any of these other guys that have established themselves, Mike Norvell included. Known quantity. Yeah, and cash is, yeah. is the equalizer. Everybody's got it. <laughs> it's not It's not centrally located. Yeah. There's no Federal Reserve in Alabama. Yeah. Everybody is equipped with paying the guys who come to play for I, I'll, I'll give you another one, and, and, and it's funny, and I don't even know what the rules and regs are of this. But anyway, the conversation has long been the NIL is outside of the university. And then finally, they move some legislation forward. University can uh, oversee, recommend, you know, all this type of stuff. So anyway, middleman. Yeah, yeah. And, and basically. basically, they're and it's a smart thing if they can manage this properly. Is that hey, the university should be involved, okay? Because those are the people that are making the donations. They're boosters, anyway. Uh, the athletic director is it Greg Byrne for uh, Alabama? Yes. Uh, is wearing an Alabama collective logoed shirt, mm. and. That's something that you had not seen before, and they're embracing it, and he's embracing it. And is he allowed to do that? I thought they uh, were supposed to be in a separate silo. Well, they're allowed to recognize. It's like, a, it's like they're. The, I'm saying middleman. That's not the right word. 
Yeah. It's it's almost they're like an facilitating advisor. is what yeah, it is. Yeah, they're, yeah, facilitator, however you want. In other words, they want to make sure that— It's just in some states, too. Yeah, yeah. They just want to make sure that there are rules that you need to follow when you're throwing all this cash out you know, to these players, that mm-hmm. you can't— uh, the renegades of the world can't come in here and completely take over the, the, the situation. Plus, don't kid yourself. Um, the coaches are also facilitating. Oh, of course. Yeah. Whether they're allowed to well, or not. They had been for a long time. Well, with, with these kids, uh, the, the one thing that I hold with these kids, they, they're getting is financially literate mm-hmm. when it comes to money. They don't because you got pariahs. You got there's always this You got pariahs out there. Your so-called teams who've got their own interests at hand, and they figure that you got. And you're not you're not you're dealing with 16, 17, 18 year old kids mm-hmm. who may not be equipped to follow their taxes, investments. Who don't know they have to pay taxes. Exactly. So I mean, you just got to make sure that uh, you do your due diligence when it comes to interviewing these people. Mm-hmm. That you take care of you, and not take care of the damn so. All right. Before we get to our two remaining teams that are among the final eight in the National Football League playoffs, what do they have the Jaguars need that you envy? I do want to take a moment and just address the biggest news right now in the news cycle online, at least, um, which is that by all reports, um, from what I've seen from all the sports media reporters out there, Sports Illustrated is dead. Um, there's mass layoffs, all but all Everyone, but all, the all their writers, their entire yeah. staff has been laid off. Um, which, regardless of how you feel about finances and if you're into sports media or not. I think I speak for all of Nooner Nation when I say so many of you grew up reading that publication. So many of you, we were just talking about it off the air, took the covers, took the full page photos, hung them on your wall. And so it is a sad day in the sports world. Yes, you can say newspapers are on the decline. Yes, you can say this is the evolving age of sports media. Um, But nostalgia and the heart has to take a hit, does it not, for the sports fan? On a day like today. I thought it's been dead for 20 years already. <laughs> like, when's the last time any of us got a Sports See, Illustrated to, here's the, to the house or he went to SI.com? Oh, I go to walks around the, the youth is wasted on the youth. No, I mean, like, let's yeah. be serious. I, no, I go to SI.com plenty. What? Yeah, you know, I go there plenty, but like I just told you before, they now have put a paywall up and said you only have so many articles that you can read, and then when you reach that, you just go somewhere else. It's just unfortunate. Uh, but there are too many free things out there, and you make your decision on what you're going to buy. And I buy ESPN Plus. Why? Because I can read and I can watch. Right. And that's the reason I do it. And SI doesn't have that. And so they uh, went to it, like most video. Like they they don't even like write anything on their website. It was yeah. like all video. They been Fox Sports for a long time. Well, Fox Sports definitely has yeah. done that. But no. SI still had pieces. There's yeah. no question they had pieces. But the other thing. Is that when I don't we're even talking know about work for them? Yeah. Like Richard Johnson, writer. Mitch Goldfinch. There's still plenty of Chris yeah. Mannix. Like there's still plenty of writers that but are the, still with you know, sports generationally speaking. Like we always talk about, SI does ring for people a little bit older. So I totally get that you're saying I di- I I didn't buy the mag. I didn't. Yeah, I just see think it. it's like you all know. these people are crying about it online. It's like, well, when's the last time these people that were crying about it online got yeah. a subscription? Like yeah. you weren't helping them out. You that's, weren't doing that's a, your. That's a great point. Like yeah. you guys haven't been right. helping was, out fellow journalists at SI. So I don't want to hear it. Yeah, it was free, and uh, everybody could say what they want, but it was free. And then you started looking around, and everyone wanted to have their version of it. It that's was never the, free. Yeah. Sports that's, Illustrated? That's a great point. Now, give us a, give us a that. Quick, oh, I'm JJ, talking yeah. about like uh, bringing yeah. it to your hat, the, yeah. the magazine. Yeah, I ordered Sports Illustrated forever. And, mm-hmm. and you know, Matt goes back to Sporting News, and it was either one oh. or the other. I was in a more colorful SIs than I was Sporting mm-hmm. News. But, yeah. All right. Give us a that, JJ. That, that. Just.
happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is just, this is literally free agent time in college football. It's what it is, mm-hmm. especially with the Alabama news. Um, Julian Sand, who is the five star quarterback at Alabama, incoming freshman, yep. a top 10 player per in the, the 247 composite, yeah, yep. in the country, is entering the transfer portal. He's out. Mm hmm. Yeah, and so he is. This has been talked about that he is going to go and just basically be re-recruited, uh, and and the transfer portal is not just for the guys who have proven themselves. I now. believe FSU was high on his list too. I'm, yeah. not, I'm mm. looking at that right now. All right, well, look they've, that up right now. they've got DJ, uh, and then they're looking for that next guy that's going to be able to step in because most of these quarterbacks, particularly the the uh, well, Sammy Hartman, State and, by the way, he what already saying Ohio State that he's trending toward Ohio State. Okay. Okay. My well, guess is he didn't get in the portal because he knows where he's going. It was Bill It'll O'Brien, wasn't it? It'll be quick. Bill yeah. O'Brien was, was the one that pushed I, I'm him. sure it's, it easily could be part of it. I'm sure O'Brien was recruiting when he was a junior, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. What do you mean? Bill O'Brien was with the Pats. When he was a junior, JJ, when he was yeah. a junior. Okay. Yeah, he's only been up there kids. one year. We know, you're, we know you're testy today with the Sports yeah. Illustrated right. news. No, I, quarterbacks, I, they recruit as early as sophomore. What are you, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson in there? I for somebody to have a counter to – well, all these people haven't been buying a subscription to Sports Illustrated in 20 years. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, that's why they went out of business. I'm not sure if you get my the point. My parents have one. So. The basic Your parents point- get a subscription to SI right now. Yes, yeah. because my mother oh, okay. is a dentist, and in her lobby, she gets them, JJ. <laughs> oh, the last right. place on earth, the dentist office. Yeah, and forever, there have been plenty of free sites that make money off of ads. And so that's been around. For, they couldn't so even do that. Apparently, according know. to 247 Sports, he has a deep relationship with Bill O'Brien mm-hmm. from back to his freshman and sophomore year when O'Brien was recruiting yeah. him. Yeah, I can't imagine B.O.B. having a deep relationship with any young recruit uh, with his. Point being, Joe, as you're yeah. trying to get off track here, yeah. the kid's going to go to Ohio State, which is big for Ohio State because, you know, they didn't have a quarterback last year. Right, and McCord left. And, and they got Will Howard, who really is – I mean, he, he, he's, a, he's a nice player. Yeah, it's the DJ to Ohio he's State. He's not an elite quarterback. Yeah. Will Howard is not an elite quarterback. Yeah. Well, and he's a different style quarterback, honestly, uh, when you consider what they have had up there, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, we have got uh, the last teams that we have to get to as far as the uh, what do they have that you don't have. We've got to get it done before Big Sur's leaves. Coach coming in, picks all of that ahead on XL Primetime. Now. The Otterson Wealth Advisors Risk Reward Picks of the Week. Otterson Wealth Advisors, your goals, our expertise. All right, I told you guys last week that uh, Mia had a commanding, commanding, commanding lead. I think there's not even enough games left. I believe she has already clinched. Congratulations, champion 2023-2024, Mia. Oh, Brian. And no getting away from it. She destroyed us. I, I just like she destroyed the spreads. I kind of would like to see her gamble. and forty-three really right now, or seventy-three and forty-three right now against the spread. After going four and two last week, just a miraculous, magical season. Honestly, yeah. insane. Thirty games against the spread above five hundred. All right, me and Joe battling for second. We are within one game of each other. Joe, sixty-three and fifty-three. I'm sixty-two and fifty-four. Coach has fallen back, tied with Leon, 59-57. They're both trying to stay above 500 in the year. And Matt, dead ass last, 51-65 and 65 against the spread. All right. Have you Matt no just, shame? Have Matt you no shame? Matt just shrugs his shoulders. Year, like, 
And coach, if you've noticed, he doesn't come in as often saying, well, how did I do on my picks? Listen, <laughs> I gave up a long time ago, which is unfortunate. Yes. But I, I listen, I I crowned Mia way back, way back. I yep. said, you know, I texted her one time. I said, you need to, if you're not, if the way you're operating, you need to go on booking.com. I know. MyBookie.com. Give me the picks and give me the money and let's see what we can do with it. <laughs> Uh, Booking.com, I believe, is for hotels. Yeah, um, it is. That's how much of a right. right. yeah. texting her about gambling. We've turned you into a degenerate. You realize uh, unbelievable. That, right? Listen, right. I'm going to join her next year. I can tell you that. All I know is uh, if anybody out there is looking to commission a trip for me to Las Vegas, I'm not going to say no at this time. <laughs> Steve Griffin, if you're listening, uh, I will the gladly Super Bowl. take my championship. Right. The Super out Bowl to Las is Vegas. there. Like, yes. fly us out. Well, All I mean, right. listen, welcome to the family because you have a belt. I have a belt. Have a belt. Big sources. There we I go. Have two belts. Now, yeah. two belts. now I am fully yeah. a yes, member of XL yes, Pride. It took almost entrenched. two years, right. but here entrenched. we are. And you know, Coach right. has different rings. I've earned yeah, my got, stripes. Yeah, Take that, Gene. Yeah, he's got real rings. Coach's got real rings. All right, <laughs> let's go in order of games played this weekend. So we'll okay. start Saturday afternoon. Texans at Baltimore. Baltimore is laying nine and a half, Mia. Texans are covering. Um, I understand all the concerns about the weather. I understand... All the concerns about what I, I'm actually, I don't even know why I'm saying that. This whole table, I think, is about to pick the Texans to cover. I will pick the Ravens to win, but I believe Houston will cover because it's too big of a line and they've played more recently than Lamar and company. I think what I'm fighting is which of the two to take the points because both of them are around nine, nine. Was it, was it nine and a half, JJ? Both. Yeah. Both of them are. Mm-hmm. Ah. Uh, I, uh, I, I'm going to go against it and I'll, I'll go ahead and lay the points. I'm taking the Texans. Whoa. Straight up, or you pick the Ravens to win? Oh, no, I picked the Ravens to win. Mm-hmm. But oh, okay. we're, we're going on the spread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I hate yeah. to do this, but I hate to do this. I'm, t- I'm taking the Texans to win. Mm. Outright? <laughs> Outright. Over L Boogie? Over L Boogie. It's going, it pains me to say it. I was going to say it. Like, <laughs> it pains me. Absolutely. That's your guy. He's my guy. Dude, He's like, imagine the offseason, like, wow. Like how people will be talking about Lamar if that happens. Oh my gosh. Yeah, once again, the playoff record is. How will they be talking about Stroud? It'll be is one oh, three. Oh my God, It'll Stroud be will be like oh the king goodness. of. He'll be the next football. Yeah, he'll be the next is what they'll be saying. You know why I want that? So I want Jacksonville to look straight <laughs> in the face. Yeah, that's why I'm doing it. I want Jacksonville to look the Texas straight in the face and understand. That's where you spoke. Yeah, to be. hopefully it would light a fire under Trevor. I, this is my guy yeah. right here. I'll and, tell you hey, that right now. And you know how he's doing the picks right now? He's basically TOing it. Like, get oh, your popcorn yeah. ready right now because yeah, he's exactly. got some popcorn. He's ready. a little emotional right now, too, <laughs> yeah, doing that pick. Yeah, I gotta tell you. yeah man, because we, we ain't supposed to be home. This is our Jaguars. <laughs> I, want, I want the Jaguars to watch them have success. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Make them hungry. All right, Matt. So, uh, I, I've loved the Texan all year and Stroud, but I got to tell you, man. The offense might struggle for the Ravens, but that defense won't. That's true. So and, I'll give you this I, one. I, I'm, I am taking the Ravens, and I am laying the points. I'll give you this one number, okay? And this is, like we said, going back since they did the divisions in 32 teams since 2002. Number one seeds have a 29-13 and 13 record straight up, but those top seeds are also 16-26 and 26 against the spread. Saucy nugs. Yeah, that's not necessarily a great straight-up record either. Yeah. All right, yeah. I'm going with the Texans to cover, Ravens to win. Yeah, I figured I'd give that a number because I knew J.J. was definitely taking that Very number. Uh, the Packers at Niners, same number, 9.5. Uh, 
That one, I'm going with San Francisco. Um, with all due respect to Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love, it's an exciting offense, but it's an offense that is predicated on having long drives, long sustained drives, being able to run the football. That is going to be more difficult against the Niners defense than it was against the Cowboys. Sorry, Coach Campo. You know, I think that's the thing to figure out. Is that I think there's no question that who you played should give you an indication of what you're going to be able to do next. The Packers played a soft Dallas defense, so we don't quite know. Houston played a damn good defense and was able to score. Ended up scoring quite a few points. Um, I'm going to take the points. I'm just going to go against. I'm going to take the points. Coach? Me? Or Uh, or Leon? uh, I I hate to do it, but uh, I'm I'm going with San Francisco. I think uh, they're not going to be surprised. Uh, they, they've got a good enough no, team to go all the way. They will not be surprised like the Cowboys were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm going with the Niners, the cover. I mean, I, I just think that the Niners are a complete football team, and they're going to be – I think this game, the, the Packers are going to be overwhelmed by how good this team is on both sides of the ball. Really? Yeah, usually yeah. when you fall in love with a wild card team, yeah, they, they get destroyed mm. the next week. <laughs> Matt? I, I mean – Here's the problem I have right now with the Niners, okay? So, look at their last five games. <clears throat> Eagles, who were clearly tanking. We all agree with that, right? Mm-hmm. Seahawks. Stunk. Do we really Cardinals. have time to look at all five yeah. games? Ravens, they lost mm-hmm. to and got beat badly at home. And then the Commanders. I think the Packers are going to play well. I'm going to take the points. I'll take the pack. All right. I'm taking the Niners to win in a route. This is like when a 15 seed wins in the first round, and you're like, oh, that's fun. But then the next game, they get killed. I think that's what's going to happen to the Packers. All right. Bucks at Lions. Man, for these games, I mean, we got big spreads. The Lions are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Mia. This This is the toughest one for me. I'm going to go with the Lions just because I think that there's momentum. They're obviously the home team. It's very cold in Detroit this time of year, I've been told. And and also, I just think that Baker's Baker's more hurt than we realize. And at the end of the day, it comes down to the roster. And the roster is better in Detroit than it is in Tampa. I heard she worked for Sports Illustrated. Oh, no. Stop. (laughs) Just kidding. Did. Worked. All right, so oh, that was terrible, like that. Joe. All right, you're up next, Joe. All right, so uh, I, I, like, I love my Lions. You do, and I definitely want to. Like, I tried to back off of them last week and took the Rams getting three, and that was the right side of the bet. But this one, I do think uh, you got to remember the drops that those Tampa Bay wide receivers this past week had probably won't happen again. But that also was against the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I'm going to take Detroit. I'm going to lay. I'm going to lay. I'm going to go with Detroit as well. I think that there were too many drops by the receivers last week, just like you just mentioned, mm-hmm. and and uh, Baker's a little banged up. I think mm-hmm. Detroit's on a mission, and uh, playing them at home, I'm, that's a, a little high on the spread, I think, but at the same time, I, I'll, I'm going to take Detroit. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, Detroit, I mean, listen, they haven't won the playoff game over 30 years. That was, <laughs> that was momentous for them last week, yeah. That's, that's was that their Super Bowl, <laughs> it, was, it is though. crazy. It is crazy. Um, and, and listen, Tampa Bay, I mean, you can say what you want to say, but defensively, you got seven of those 11 players on that team that played in that Super Bowl to beat the Chiefs. 
I mean, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a scratch and bite game. I think it's gonna be a close game. I got Detroit to win, but I think that Tampa's gonna cover. Oh, so maybe a kneecap biting mm, game. Kneecap. Yeah. Interesting. See, I think completely different. Mm. I think I think Detroit had to get over that game last week. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of going on there. First, you know, first playoff game in 30 plus years. You're, you're going against Stafford, right? Guy coming in back to his hometown. A lot going on in that game. This one's a little bit different. And and I think the Rams are a better team than the Bucs. I, I think they actually blow out the Bucs. I think this is the blowout of all the games. This yep. is the blowout. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Alliance. All right, last but not least. Oh, boy. Chiefs at Bills. Juicy, juicy, juicy <laughs> wow. stuff. Bills at home laying two and a half. See, here's the thing. I see two scenarios in the AFC Championship game. In my, in my mind, that went 70 and 43 against the spread this season. I 73 and 43. 73 and 43, thank you. Envisioning in my brain, I either see the Texans having to go to Arrowhead Stadium for the Arrowhead Invitational or the Buffalo Bills triumphing over the Baltimore Ravens. The winner of this game will be going to the Super Bowl, and I am picking the Buffalo Bills. The Bills against the spread as a favorite below 500. The Chiefs mm. against the spread as an underdog only once this year. They were 1-0 because they are not the underdog very often. But uh, even though there's a ton of injuries, I- I'm I'm landing on the Bills side of this. It's two and a half, JJ. It is. Yeah. and um, Hasn't moved. Bills by a field goal. Week. I yeah. can see that. Yeah. And I, I just <sighs> – I don't know. I keep doubting everything that's going on offensively with the Kansas City Chiefs, so I'm just going to go Bills. I'm going with Taylor Swift. <laughs> I'm a Swifty, oh, and, and I'm looking forward to this ball game because it's going to be a great game, and I think the spread is right about right. It is. It is. I'm yeah. going with the Chiefs and the Swifts. Coach, well, Coach, name uh, one Taylor Swift song. I don't know any oh. Taylor Swift song. I just look at her. I don't listen to her. There you go, Coach. <laughs> Well, Coach, I mean, they're going to be a Buffalo. I'm not sure she's going to get a box. So she might be having to be in the cold. Oh, wow. Man. I wouldn't put her in a box. <laughs> Hell, you're at, you go on the sideline like everybody else. You get no box of Buffalo. That's not how the oh, Illuminati yeah. works. Oh, it's not. It works. She's oh, okay. getting a box. <laughs> all right. All right. My bad. Okay. I'll She'll pay it. for it, JJ. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. She'll be given a box. So, um, yeah. Uh, listen, I, I've been waiting for this game. As soon as it was announced last week, I said I can't wait to watch this. It's going to be a shootout. Last last person, get whoever gets the ball last wins. I really believe it's going to be whoever gets the ball mm. last week. I can't well, wait. Will Tony be offside? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure he won't. But, I, I listen, I just like the Bills now. I mean, it, it comes a time where you just get tired of the bully coming down your block or having to go up his block and getting your, your butt whipped. Yeah. Now you got to come down my block. All right? You got to come in my backyard and, and fight. Think of, uh, think of those I'm, linemen with that crowd. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think I, like I, totally, I totally agree with you on that. That, that if it's ever going to happen, this is it. Yep. This mm-hmm. is it. They're all, they're at home. This is your chance to right all the wrongs, especially the, the biggest wrong of all a couple of years ago with the way they won that game in the playoffs. Um, but I have this little bird on my shoulder mm-hmm. whispering in this little 140-pound bird in there yeah. in the other rooms. What, dude, why are you betting against Mahomes? I'm 155 pounds, bro. What, how dare you? <laughs> Sorry. And I, I just, it's hard to go against Mahomes. It is. I'm, you know what? I'm taking the Bills. I'm taking the Bills. <laughs> After all that, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm taking the, the Chiefs. Of all course. Right. Well, of course you are. But I, I don't feel confident. All right, it. our otters and wealth advisors' yeah. risk reward picks. They are in. 
Uh, all right, Big Sirs, before yep. you go, give us uh, two things. We got the Bills, Bills and the left Niners, and the Niners left. left. Okay. What they got, you don't got. Patrick okay. Mahomes and Josh Allen. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> but the, the 49ers, what they got, they got swagger. Mm-hmm. They do. They got swag. They play oh, tough, the they're physical. They get after it. I just love the player they play. They play, temp, they play get after it football. Mm-hmm. That's what we don't have. As far as the Bills go, tenacity. They found a way. Five and five, six and six down the stretch. They could have folded their tents, mm-hmm. backed up the U-Hauls and called it a season. But they didn't. They have tenacity, yep. especially towards the end, yep. which we needed, which we didn't have, and that's why we're home. That's a good one. Swagger and instead tenacity, of, you a common theme. You don't have it, guys. and you want it. Instead of Duval, it yeah. was U-Haul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a pretty good one because uh, we had one guy that was trying to sell the not duo. He goes, "I got screwballed is what I got." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's another good one. That's another good one. <laughs> I just, thought, I just came one. up with that. Too. Yeah, but but yeah, the U-Haul. All right, U-Haul. listen, enjoy the rest of the afternoon. All right, you got it. Uh, and the weekend watching all these games. Big sources out, coaches <laughs> yeah. uh, in for the next hour, and we will look at these games and ask coach some of the same questions. What what do what do they got that we don't got? Uh, and then break down the games a little bit more in the two o'clock hour. XL Primetime's Coach Dave Campo is brought to you by Bold City Heating and Air. Online at BoldCityAC.com. We had Coach in for our picks, and now we get to rock and roll into the 2 o'clock hour, get our motor running, a little born. I mean, you look at Coach Campo, and it, it screams born to be wild. He may get a tattoo one day. Well, I'm always up feet, that's for sure. Exactly. I mean, there's very little time that I'm not rolling on all cylinders. So exactly. I guess that's uh, born to be wild, is it? Yeah, you should get you like the BTBW right there on your forearm. Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, you know, the 2 o'clock hour, we'll, we'll start with a little jag, then get into these actual divisional round uh, games because you've coached in a few of these. Uh, people may, may need to be reminded of that, that just the uh, enormous atmosphere, the intensity, how everything ratchets up. So we'll get into that. But we asked you this question uh, on Tuesday. We might as well ask you again. You've seen the names that have popped up on the Jags' radar, and most of them going through the interview process or will go through the interview process. Uh, do you mind that it's taken a little bit of a slow roll? I don't. No. Yeah, I I think he's got to make the right decision on this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think this is really important because, you know, number one, you know, you bring your staff and everybody's excited about it, and then all of a sudden things don't go exactly right now. And I said this before, and I, and I hope this is not the case, believe me. Mm-hmm. But usually when you let res- uh, guys go, and I don't mean just one guy or two guys, but mm-hmm. I'm talking about when you let a, one side of the ball or the other side go, right. a lot of times you're the guy following them right out the door the next year. Right. So you've got to make sure you make the right choice there. And I think he has to, if there are guys in the playoffs that he feels that he's got a shot at and mm-hmm. he feels good about it, wait it out. Yeah, because yeah, let's, yeah. let's remind everybody, Gerard Mayo is up there in New England. He still hasn't hired his defensive coordinator, probably has an idea of what he wanted to do since he kind of knew he was going to be the guy. Right. You've got many other head coaching jobs that still need to be filled. So anyway, there's a lot that ha- dominoes have to fall. And that's the, that's the other part of it, Coach. It's not just guys that may be coaching in the postseason. It's guys like Giro Overo, who has been blocked by the Jaguars because he is still technically, if only in name, the D.C. of the Carolina Panthers and is interviewing for their full-time head coaching job. Leslie Frazier has said that he needs to have all of his head coaching interviews done before he looks at defense coordinator opportunities. Yeah, and so he obviously is a candidate in a couple different spots. And so my question for you is, having 
built a staff yourself, how late is too late? Because at some point you, you you may say like, oh, yeah, yeah, I want a Vero, but like three other teams may be waiting for him too. And then if you don't get him, you're kind of out of luck, aren't you? You're upstream without a paddle. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a gamble, but at the same time, uh, I think you probably have two or three guys in mind. So, you know, you hope you go don't go lose three of them mm-hmm. during that period of time. You know, you certainly would uh, have guys in the, on the radar and, and feel good about it. And, and I'm sure that's the same situation that happened with Doug here. You know, they, they made a thorough uh, deal there, and you can say it was because they didn't want him, and then all of a sudden he was the last one left. Yeah, exactly. He was the first and last. But he was the first and the last. Well, it right. could have been that, you went through a number of guys, and he was always on the radar, and mm-hmm. somebody had to beat him out. Well, it's also, and you can attest this because you've been in this situation, if if you're an assistant coach and you're a hot commodity, you're going to choose where you want to go. Absolutely. And you're going to choose to who pays you the most. Right. So so it's also that. Like, I think, I think you can get one of these guys early mm-hmm. if you just throw the moon at him. Yeah. Force him to say no. I mean, if you really want him and he's really yeah. the guy you want, it, Throw it, the money at it. Yeah, him. it's it's that classic line: don't let him leave, right? And, and don't let him get out of town. And it's like so, Wayne Weaver did with Leon. Yeah, put the check right in front of his face. Right, and you can Here do it that. Is. If you walk out, you don't get it. I think you can do that more with a player. Correct me if I'm wrong, coach. Than than you might be able to do with a. Well, I think you can do it. Like for example, I think uh, Leslie Frazier would mm-hmm. be a perfect example. You know uh, exactly what I was thinking. The problem that with that is though you're dealing with head coach money, as compared to. Like defensive you, coordinator money. Yeah, like you can't so, even you can't even invite Leslie in now because he's waiting. He is not by no stretch of the imagination right. would he say you know, you're going to throw money at him and not let him walk out. He has unless a he chance. didn't feel good about the interviews he's done. Yeah, but he still has a chance to be a head coach. And, and yeah, I, I it's it's awful. Let me let me just put it this way: I knew when when I took the job as a Dallas Cowboys head coach that my I was up against a lot. We'd lost all our the triplets. We, right. we, you know, we uh, and but I knew that there's only 32 of them. Right. There's only 500 in history that were a head coach in the National Football League. That's, That's going wild. back to 1923. That's wild. So when you look at it, you say, "Hey, look! If I have an opportunity, and we all think that we can get the job done, right? No matter what the the the." obstacles are what you guys so are that's how the you thing guys think. Yeah. yeah and i think that's the that's the real uh deal but at the same time you know you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket in other words they're, they're going to have a pecking order we had these five guys in here's number one two three four and what you hope is if the number one guy is one that you have to wait till after the super bowl is over that you're not going to lose two and three yeah, like, like repeat what you said or what we were looking at earlier with the Atlanta Falcons. Even their process is taking a little bit of time. They're yeah. just now flying belly right. in. Right. They had all those first-round interviews. Um, and I know that there's been a lot of chatter in Atlanta of they need to satisfy the Rooney rule. I know plenty of national columnists and national reporters have gotten flack this week for noting that or not noting that mm-hmm. and whether or not – what whatever. Put all that to the side. Um, now all of a sudden – they're beginning their second round interviews. They fly Bill Belichick in last night. They will have to interview at least two minority candidates in the second round before then they could make their decision. But by all accounts, they brought out Arthur Blank's private plane last night, brought him in, took him to dinner, wine and dine him, and now they're meeting with him today. What's interesting, though, Coach, 
is that Terry Fontenot, the GM in Atlanta, did not participate in the first interview with Belichick. It was just Arthur Blank. And if memory serves me, the quote-unquote initial interview with Urban Meyer was just Shad Khan as well. And part of that was because Trent Bulky hadn't been named full-time GM at the time. I'm just curious, like, your experience, and yours was obviously a little bit different right. with the Cowboys, <clears throat> but what are those levels of, like, the, you know, the company-wide, everybody's involved in the interview versus just the owner? Well, I think the owner, you know, all the owners are different as well. Mm-hmm. I think there are some that are really active, and there are others that use a search committee. That's it. And that's one of the problems because, you know, all the years with the, the black coaches, the, you know, uh, as head coaches in the league, owners don't know those guys a lot of times and, and haven't been around them, unfortunately. That's an unfortunate situation. Right. But the search committees handle those things a lot. And, uh, and unfortunately, the other thing that is a factor is that media – pushes certain guys mm-hmm. over and above. I don't believe I would have gotten a head coaching job in the league, to be honest with you, really? if it wasn't with my own team. Mm-hmm. Because the defense was always good, but the triplets oh. were the media. You know, it was because we were offensively good, the defense was good, which, yeah. you know, that's what happens sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah, and you are right. Uh, social media, uh, to, like – who who knows? They will pick not just social media, media in general, like you're talking about. They will pick certain guys and they will ride that wave and just keep because they they've got the the microphone, they've got the ear of everybody. It's changed a little bit, although you know one of them is the is the I've always felt that if a guy looks the part, mm-hmm. just like in any business, you know, a guy that's six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds, blue eyes, mm-hmm. blonde hair. They've got an advantage over a smaller guy. Well, you look at Miami, and that that ended that. So things are changing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Look at how many minority head coaches now. Oh, yeah. The guys that are being looked at right now, there's a lot of minority guys right. being looked at in this group. So things are changing, but who makes a decision? The owner makes the final decision, but a lot of times it, it, it depends on how active he is mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. And uh, Gerard Mayo, he was handpicked inside the building before they didn't go outside. They didn't satisfy a rule. They picked right. their guy. We'll see if they're successful or not. All right, let's get into these games. Coming up here in just a second uh, with the divisional round, I, I, I throw it out there as one of the top weekends of your sporting year. That's for sure. We'll get into all of them coming up with our head coach. It's XL Primetime. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. A little rock and roll to finish out our show. If you want to throw one JJ the DJ's way, you can. We'll have our anthem at the end of our show. We're not going to take it, but you know what? As much as I love big hair, heavy metal, um, how about a little, you know, sounds of the surf? How about a little Pacifico? See if you guys can be perfecto. With Thank you. <laughs> Found in Baja, imported by surfers for those who live life anchors up. Enjoy a Pacifico wherever you go. Now, I feel like I need a perfecto. We need to be able to play that soundbite again if you guys can nail this. Uh, gettable. Gettable. That's for sure. Since we're looking at eight teams that remain in the National Football League. Who is at the top when it comes to 
the most wins against team with a winning record. At the top, the team with the most wins against teams with a winning record. Of the eight remaining. Of the eight remaining. I'll make it as easy as that. Wipe I'm going to say the, other the 24. Ravens. Mm. I'm going to say the Buffalo Bills. All right, we now have 49ers, Ravens, Bills. It's got to be somebody who had a well, – maybe not. Who had a first-place schedule. Um, That's true. Uh, it's going to be something crazy like the Bucks, I'm guessing. <laughs> or it's going to be his Detroit Lions. Oh. I do uh, love Honolulu I, I, Blue. I'm going to go with we the play Bucks. this music. I'm going to go with the Bucks. Okay. All right. We have four different guesses. One has a perfecto next to his name. And even though this is a cerveza, it's a nice lager uh, from Mexico. Perfecto Campo. Yes. Hey. Perfecto. So the Ravens, <laughs> the Ravens with 10 wins against teams with a winning Ten. record. Wow. And wow. that's pretty dang impressive. You want you want one even more impressive than that? They played just 85 snaps of offense trailing in the second half all season long. 22 of those 85 snaps were against the Steelers when they were resting their players. So think about that. Basically 60 plays where they were behind. And, Coach, we said it earlier, they do everything well. Yeah. They do everything well. What's not to uh, do? Do you think that they are ripe for an upset, or do you think they're going to keep doing everything well? No, I think they're going to do everything well. I'll say this, uh, and and I said this. You know, I saw this uh, stat where the Jaguars were ninth in special teams this year overall mm-hmm. statistically. I don't feel that owners, general managers, or whatever give much cr- to uh, enough credit the special teams coaches in this league. And the poster boy mm-hmm. is Harbaugh, yeah. John yes, Harbaugh. That's how he got hired. Uh, you know, and, and because the special teams guys, coaches, are the only one other than the head coach mm-hmm. that organizes and talks to over probably 90% of the guys on the, on the team yeah. because they're, they're all involved in special teams one way or another. Yeah. So, and- you know, again – uh, I, I I think Harbaugh is one of those guys that's done a tremendous job, and it's consistent job. That's why he's still at the head coach after a lot of years. Yeah, and it, they they have not been past this week in a while, and that's why the pressure is starting to mount. We mentioned Lamar Jackson's record, especially with that number one seed. They got picked off, uh, and so here they are again, number one seed, trying to keep it rolling, and we'll find out if they can do it. They beat this Texans team. 25 to 9, that was all the way back in the season opener. So, how much has changed? Obviously, a lot has changed because Todd Munkin and Lamar have vibed and gelled as good as any quarterback and coordinator can be right now this year. And then look at what CJ Stroud's doing. Exactly. And, and, and I'll tell you, it, it, it is honestly very, very tough to beat a team twice during the season. You know, that's, it's hard. So why? Tell us why. Uh, it, I, I think you get a false sense of where you're at and you don't necessarily look at improvements or injury factors or mm-hmm. those kind of things. And, and it, I've heard you say it a hundred times. It's human nature. Yeah. It's a human condition to, to look at, at, at things you've already done at once. So you ought to be able to do it again in the NFL. You know, you, you can't compare scores between t- games mm-hmm. 
And you can't obviously think that because you did one thing, there might be two uh, turnovers in that game that make the difference. You don't get the turnovers in the second game. It's it's a tough business. And those first six weeks of the season, lest we forget, the Houston Texans also lost to the Carolina Panthers. Right. And so I think that was a team that was very much figuring out its footing. If anything, I would compare this matchup to the Jaguars and the Chargers a year ago where the Jaguars shocked the Chargers week three. Right. And it was a very different Jaguars team and a very different Chargers team when the wild card round arrived three months later. Yes. Uh, it's a, This is a tough league to win in. Yeah, that one started out as it's hard to beat a team twice. And yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah. beat them. Yeah. Uh, and, and look, teams mature. They 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 turn the corner. D'Amico Ryans is a rookie head coach, and yep. C.J. Stroud, obviously. Those first two games that we just mentioned, he was sacked 11 times. Yeah. And then think of how that pocket got cleaned up after that, even yeah. with injury. Yeah, he was like the first month of the season, he was playing with injuries all over the offensive mm-hmm. line yeah. and, yeah. and well, playing we were, well. So, well, we were shocked. We were yeah. shocked when we lost to him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean. It's, so how how much is to the idea of, how much weight would you put to the idea of the Ravens not only didn't play last week, but the week before they sat everybody? So you're looking at, you know, for the entire team, <clears throat> excuse me, to be on the field together in the idea of playing and preparing and now we're going to go play. It's been, it'll be almost three weeks since they've done that. Yes. Do you Do you put any weight into that? Well, there's a couple things that have changed over the years. Back in the day home field advantage and a bye was huge. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't know what has changed, but the one thing that's changed is now home field advantage doesn't seem to be as big as, as it used as to it be. Was. And, uh, you know, having the bye, there have been some uh, blips after those ball games. I think there is a little bit of rust. At the same time, injury factors were keys for us guys were ready to go you know all three of our Super Bowl wins we had buys Mm -hmm. so you know that makes a made a big difference because one of them Emmett Smith had the the shoulder Mm -hmm. he would not have played if we'd played a week later so to me I would like to have the buy because there are no surprises you get a bunch of surprises in the wildcat the card Mm -hmm. round you know underdogs win right but when you get to the division round usually the best team wins and this is you're risking rust for rest is what you're doing exactly yeah two other teams played earlier this year kansas city and buffalo Uh, and we just mentioned is it harder to beat them twice i don't know but we all know what happened in that game mahomes had an implosion listen to this number coach which kind of blew my mind that was the the tony game yeah it was the tony game with the offsides and everything like that how far back are we going we're going back uh, week a month. No, I think yeah. it was like week twelve. It was the first. It was the first win in that six-game oh, win that streak run. to okay. end the year. Because I do remember uh, our good friend Ryan O'Halloran tweeting out, "The road to eleven and six starts here at Arrowhead." So that'd be week twelve. Little did he know it came to fruition. Yeah, that'd be week twelve. Now think about this. This blows my mind. Just as far as the Kansas City Chiefs' problems offensively, and I keep pointing to them. I don't know whether I'm right or wrong, but. This particular game against Miami, this last Saturday night in freezing cold weather, they averaged five and a half yards per play, Coach. That is the most that they've had since week seven. That's Kansas City we're talking about. Yeah. Meanwhile, you had the Packers average nine and a half on first down. I mean, it's just crazy. So, anyway, did they fix, did they fix all the things that they needed to fix? I, I think they better. Yeah. You know, obviously. I, I, I think this. I You know, uh, uh, I, I know Matt – uh, hit this a little earlier today mm-hmm. on the show. Uh, you know, 
making excuses, you know, about this and that. I think some of it is excuse, some of it's mm-hmm. opinion. But when the when the Chiefs lost Hill, that's a big deal. You better believe. And that was not to injury; that was to a trade. Yeah, yeah. and and when the Jaguars lost Kirk, mm-hmm. that was a big deal. Any way you look at it. Yeah, because you've always described him as kind of Hill esque. Well, this, in this he's the middle of the field guy, and that was Hill all the way. And 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 you know, so it, to me, I think Kansas City. Uh, the pet, the reason I like Kansas City is the pedigree. Mm-hmm. You know, they've 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 got people that have been there. They know how to play in those games and those kind of things. And I, I, so I, you know, I, I again, I I think the buy helps, but you still got to play that so day. Th- this is kind of my point: is Rishi Rice gets on the field and he's a dude. If Rishi Rice gets on the field here, he's not the same player. Yeah, he's just I, I not. Yeah, I I don't. I don't disagree with you. He might have been, but we know he was in Kansas City. You know, the one thing that's pretty obvious is that Mahomes makes people better, yeah. and so does Andy Reid. Right. If Cooks was on the field for the Chiefs, we'd be like, my God, look at that cat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Jacks cut that cat. Yeah. Yeah, it, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Rishi's different body type and everything. But I know, still. but my, I'm just using Cooks as saying. an example. But, yeah. but it's just, yeah. you know, or if it was Tim Jones, your guy. Yeah. We'd yeah. be like, oh, my God. Look no, at Elijah Cooks became my guy this year. I really wanted him to be, you know, be a, a dude. I still think he can I just be. believe, to me, it's that yeah. part of the the aura of the Chiefs and the idea yeah, of right. players are holding players <clears throat> accountable. Yeah. We will continue to look at this weekend's games as well as some of the head coaching searches in the National Football League and, of course, bring it closer to home to your Jacksonville Jaguars. Final segment on the way before the weekend. This is XL Primetime. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. I'd like to shout out my colleague Matt Hayes for noting that it is National Popcorn Day. That was JJ. Oh, it was JJ yeah. that noted it. Well, Matt went over to our front office, made sure Molly got a fresh fresh batch for us. And so Molly, yeah, she popped it up and like I always have popcorn at some point over the weekend. I'm doubling up because I'm getting me I may have more than just a styrofoam bowl of that. <laughs> well, I'm definitely grabbing some on the way out. <laughs> I can tell you like it's like just Right on the edge of burnt. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, so I was going to ask you earlier, do you ever take the microwave popcorn and just kind of let – because that's a, that's a fine line, people. When it you can't, get it, But you can't cross it. No. You can oh, get it right oh, to the edge of being burnt. Yeah. But here's the thing, and this is uh, – it's just in my head. I like getting all my kernels popped. Who doesn't? And, and so I hate having those extra kernels in, 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 the, in the bottom of the bag. So that's why I push it. I push it to the limit. Yeah, well, once you get some, when you get a little older and you got some bad teeth, you don't want those kernels at the bottom of the barrel. I can tell you that. Or else you'll be, or else you'll be visiting the dentist a little too often. Yeah. All right, Coach, real quick, because we're, we're wrapping up. We've been looking at these games, and I don't know if you smell an upset. We already did our picks, so you won't be giving anything away now. But do you smell an upset? Uh, I think we most, and I went against it, most thought the Texans can go into Baltimore and at least hang on points-wise. And most, I think, the way our picks went, thinks San Francisco is going to roll Green Bay. Do you smell an upset? Do you smell a Bucks win over the Lions? I- anywhere. Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, I know. And that's the shortest line, so it does make some sense. Yeah, I just think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win the game. Mm-hmm. I just think that they've, you know, until the – until they're removed, they're the team. Well, I think Buffalo's are going to remove them. Yeah, I, I really they do. could. 
Absolutely. And, and, and it comes down to, and again, these are lines of scrimmage uh, type of games. It's quick strike type of games. And here's the one thing that gets me a little bit with Kansas City. Kansas City could always answer. If you scored, what did right. they do? They answered. They can't do that anymore. At least they couldn't much of this year. Travis Dropsy, you can't count on him. Okay, He does not have the same set of hands. Taylor Swift robbed him of his hands. Okay, <laughs> She robbed him of his hands. And then you take a look at what Josh Allen's been able to do. I think you're it, jealous, by the way. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm just yeah. for a while now. Listen, I, yeah, listen. Yeah. I I have included him in some props. Okay, and that's I. Then there we go. Yeah. It always goes back to the degenerate one. And, and here's always. what I did. Props that he's been losing. Here, here's what I did last week. It always goes I, back to that. I put him. I put him in a in a touchdown like t- touchdown prop bet, like a multi bet, and then I put him in to be the first to score for Kansas City. He has not scored since Joe Flacco took over for the Cleveland Browns. Okay, so I was wow. I was banking and betting on okay, it's yeah. going to be fixed. Yeah, and it was not. Yeah, it well, was not. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to me on. So I was gonna say, yeah. see the danger you're waiting to with <laughs> yeah. gambling with us. See? Yeah, yeah. No, listen, women, uh, we can let you, Hicks. Run. You know what? You know I love you, Joe. <laughs> you know, but it, your your gambling picks are kind of uh, oh, they're sketchy. Joe has yeah, one. Sketchy. Joe's one. Yeah, yeah, I have I have made more than I've lost, but they're still sketchy. <laughs> but didn't uh, you win our pickums? Yeah. Recently, yeah, I did. Or was that Matt last year? Yeah. Matt remember. won yeah. last year. Yeah, you won last year. I won. No, there's the perfect. There's the yeah, perfect. Won you won last year. Oh, they, I won the year before then. Listen, there's yeah. the perfect uh, segue into what he says no, he, about human nature. He he thought he was going to walk in here and just take right, well, over first again. Off, I stopped. <laughs> I, mean, I started doing like Oppo Joe. Like yeah. how many weeks ago? <laughs> Eight weeks ago because I was trying to catch up. It's haunting. Yeah, it wouldn't but be he, that bad if I didn't start doing Oppo. Joe. He did the worst at first. <laughs> So, Coach, before we let you go, I do want to get big picture your thoughts on the head coaching carousel as it currently spins. Bill Belichick, by all accounts, looks like he's destined to head into Atlanta. Um, you tell me, in terms of a match, from your point of view, that potential marriage, as well as where some of these other teams that you've heard or seen things may be headed. Well, it kind of surprises me with Atlanta, to be honest with you, with the quarterback situation. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, you know, the only reason – uh, Coach Belichick wants to keep going is to try to win those ten games or whatever it is that they he needs, uh, and and uh, he he's shown that he hasn't been able to do it with the quarterback, without the quarterback. Without the Excuse quarterback, me. right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and and uh, that's no knock on him. I mean, he the way he operates, uh, you know, the the team's going to be pretty good. I've said this right along. Uh, if if Belichick is there, I said this about the Cowboys. If mm-hmm. Belichick was there. They will show up. The Ram, the uh, Falcons will show up for every game if he's the head coach. It's like now, Aaron Rodgers in New York. Yeah. So you know, to me, I, you know, I, I, there are so many. When you talk about Bobby Slowick mm-hmm. being one of the guys that that uh, has a chance to get a head coaching job, I don't know what the answer is as far as you know what's going to happen with these teams because you know it was always in my mind a case of what you know your body of work that's why there haven't been any 36 year olds very many of them yeah the sean mcveighs they don't yeah, pop up very yeah, often exactly but it's funny slowick has at least come through the the i would call it a coaching maturity oh being yeah, on, being on yeah. Staff. but this dave canales guy down in tampa yeah. was he a high school coach two or three yeah. years ago yes exactly it's just crazy which I, you know and i'm he's not a candidate i'm not dinging that at all because that nothing tells you 
when you're when you're talking about a head coach, you're mm-hmm. talking about a CEO. Nothing says that a young guy. I've said this about the coordinator job. Nothing says that a guy can't do it. Mm-hmm. It's just foreign to me from from the way I came through. He wasn't a head coach five minutes ago, Joe. It was in 2004. We'll okay. give him right. He spent That's a decade just, with the Seahawks. He looks so young. And I'm just he is there. only 42. Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Where did this guy go? Anyway, yeah, yeah you're right. I, I like the, the cut your teeth, yeah. learn under the good ones, right. and then become a good one. Right. And Mike McDaniel has. Yep. D'Amico Ryans has. Yeah, I mean, they've proven that the young yeah. guys can do it. Yeah, and the it, same thing with the coordinator. It just doesn't mean that you have to have an old hand. Yeah. It's just somebody that knows how to – like I don't, people. I don't know whether Robert Sala is going to be a success as a head coach or not, but think of the guys that have come under Kyle Shanahan right. that have been successful. Absolutely. And, and Andy Reid has produces, produced a lot of good understudies that have gone on to be head coaches. Yeah. And Belichick and, Belichick has not done – their yeah. guys have not done well over the course of exactly. time. Exactly. So, you know, I it's, guess there's it's because, no set deal. Yeah. He did all the work, I suppose, and then they just piggybacked it. Yeah. And all the offensive geniuses under Andy Reid, not all of them, have – have flourished. Yep. Doug did once. Yep. Now he's being challenged right now, but the Naggies of the world, yep. uh, why am I drawing a blank on a couple of those other guys that came out uh, from under Andy Reid, Morningwig, trying to think of who else that. Uh, I don't pay attention to all that. I mean, McDermott was a Andy <laughs> yeah, Reid. Yeah. yeah, he's a defense. I'm thinking of the offensive guys yeah. of Childress. That's who I was trying to think yeah, of. Brad Childress, Childress who went yep. to Minnesota yep. and, and did not fare right. well. Right. All right, we've got our takeaways coming up. We've got the Francis Show coming up. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers, equal opportunity employer. I got eyes on the embedded and shredded. He's focused, concentrated, ready to go. Have you been? A pump, man. A pump. <laughs> You're fired off. <laughs> have you been interviewed for the defensive coordinator position? Uh, I have not yes yet. No? I'm, uh, I'm awaiting my call. Okay. Um, but I think it, I think they're doing their due diligence <laughs> and, uh, and, and we'll get around to it. <laughs> we, uh, we, I'd we, be a terrible defensive coordinator because I'd send the house on every play. You would. Just every play. Zero. You can every go play. Cover zero. Okay. Just, get the quarterback. The quarterback <laughs> must go down. Yeah. By and the he way, must go down hot. We must it, break him. It did work the other night against Jalen Hurts. Uh, big time because yeah. Todd Poles just kept sending oh, yeah. them, uh, which was crazy. Do you uh, sniff an upset uh, this weekend? I, I don't. I, well, I've got the Chiefs, mm-hmm. which okay. I guess it, that's a, a two-and-a-half point. It is an upset. Yeah, I guess, so I do. I, I'll okay. take uh, – I just it's, for me, it's hard to go against Mahomes in the tournament. So mm-hmm. uh, the Bills are certainly playing phenomenal football, but uh, I like Kansas City in that game. But I do have the favorites in the mm-hmm. other three. In mm-hmm. terms of spread – Mm-hmm. Can the Packers or the Texans cover? I think so. I actually like the Texans to cover. I like the Ravens to win, but like, you know, 28-20, which again, nine and a half points, that's just a ton. It is. Uh, so I think the Ravens win but don't cover. I think the 49ers win and cover. All right, what's cooking this afternoon? We're going to have a lot of fun on the Frangie Show. We're going to talk to uh, Pete Prisco, get his thoughts on everything NFL-related, and uh, also Tate Casey uh, is going to join us at 5 o'clock to talk Gators. So – uh yeah, it's going to be fun coming up on the Frangie Show. We should have said what's popping since it yeah. is uh, National Popcorn Day today. Hayes. Love it. Yeah, you need to get yourself. Get yeah. your There's some out in the front. Well, no today's way. such an unusual day. Something good happened for the Florida football team. Yeah, that was popping some corn. So you know it's been. A couple good things, actually. Yeah, yeah, Billy Napier was here. Yeah. Yeah. He was at Mandarin High School, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Get around. I think That's it's the first he, time he's coming yeah. to Duval County. Well, I mean, he, I, Billy Napier is a good recruiter. It's just, you know, it's just everything else. But, but he's a uh, he's got the recruiting part down. And to get that kid from Texas today, that mm-hmm. big time defensive tackle, yeah. that is uh, that's a big get you for know Florida. What? 
the slow build, but it's starting to build. Here we go. All right. Thanks, <laughs> Thank Hayes. you, guys. All right. Hayes, France, Lauren, RJ, they got it coming. And here's what we got coming right now. Now, today's takeaways brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. Slow build, man. My takeaway is, uh, as we head into the divisional round, and we're all excited about that, 57 years ago this week, a Super Bowl legend was born when one Lenny Dawson, in the middle of the Super Bowl halftime, ran into the locker room to get a cig. He had a heater. To smoke a heater and yeah. drink some Fresca. And <laughs> We're somebody all took man's a, man here, and right? Somebody took a picture of it, and he is the ultimate man's man, Lenny Dawson. It's the best. I can still see these pictures. Him, Johnny Unitas, all of them. My takeaway is that Florida is closer to Michigan in the football ranks <laughs> than you think. <laughs> I also would like to note that apparently Dan Orlovsky on first take this morning, his top five remaining quarterbacks, and Coach, maybe you'll have something to say about this, Lamar, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, Jordan Love, who's not featured on that list. Oh, boy. I hope it comes – well, no, this is top remaining yeah. quarterbacks. Oh, remaining quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah. I hope that comes to fruition. Yeah. Uh, my takeaway is that, uh, you know, I've started my new walking program. Mm-hmm. But this weekend, for, the, for two days, I, I'm only going to move off my seat. <laughs> Mm-hmm. For food or drink, yeah. that's yeah, it. Man. Yeah, uh, I'll add to You're that. You're just gonna uh, use the bathroom. Yeah, I was gonna say I'll add to that the John. Okay, just make sure Tiki gets a walk. Just make sure Tiki gets a walk. That's yes, all you need. Exactly. Yeah. Without the, yeah, he just has a John. He doesn't have any of that. Yeah, bidet. No, 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 no bidet. No bidet. So. Soak it up, people. Yes, divisional round. It's one of the best weekends of the year. So definitely do not disappoint us uh, NFL and hopefully we're going to have some good ones. I'm That's debating sure. changing my pick because Chris Jones is rocking a Caitlin Clark jersey around the Chiefs facility that she okay. sent him. So. He's got the Iowa. So Iowa may- maybe I should change my pick. I'm yeah. sticking with the Bills. She's a boss. She's a boss. Alright, we got a little uh, anthem on our way out. Big John Henderson. Everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy it. Like we said, soak it up hopefully for some good ball and hopefully Jacksonville is back in this tournament next year. Come on, Joe. That ain't good enough. You gotta set the blood out my mouth. Let's go, baby. Whoa!